You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hello again, friends, and welcome to a very special edition of The Nerd Table, a very spooky edition of The Nerd Table. I am Chris, one of your wonderful hosts, and the other wonderful host whose voice you're about to hear is my good friend and master of all things tech, Eric. You know, how weird would it be if I didn't say anything and I just let it be quiet and they didn't hear any voice and they're like, what the guy, what the hell is this guy talking about? He's talking to himself or something? We have tech issues on our end? Or did they have tech (laughs) issues and they forgot to edit it out of the show? Nope, Eric's just being a dick. (laughs) <laughs> it's a running theme actually uh that, that's how <laughs> that's how we became friends <laughs> oh, you know that's that's that is a very true story we definitely became friends because we both had that that same kind of sarcastic dry humor with a lot of very dirty humor and inappropriate humor working in a place where that stuff was frowned upon in the general public <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes, I know. But that's what made it so much better. Do you remember we would just say, like, really messed up? Like, we would just say really messed up stuff to each other quietly, like, out on stage just to <laughs> just to make the other one laugh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are good times. I, w- I won't say what some of the words are, but I used to go up to you and just be like, you know, it's a funny word and then say something really wildly inappropriate. And you would just start giggling. <laughs> be like, damn it, Chris, I'm about to spiel. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> or, while you, or while you're watching the cameras and you can't turn your, your eyes away. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, So uh, I know we have like a spooky episode, but that, this actually reminds me of a prank that I did to uh, – Oh man, I can't remember her name, but it's probably a good a, a good thing I don't remember her you name. You know what though? This is going to be a Halloweenish themed episode, and what's the day before Halloween? It's uh, well, it, I think this depends on what part of the country you live in. We uh, always yeah. called it we always called it Goosey Night in North New Jersey, but I've heard the uh, the more common term is the much lamer Mischief Night. Mischief I don't know. Night. Yeah, I like mine well, better. Eh, I mean, either way, I, I think it's kind of the same thing, right? So, but what? So one of the pranks that we had was, uh, you remember some of all thrills, right? So that mm-hmm. queue zigzagged back and forth, but the entire queue was basically in front of our pre-show. Uh, and then there's a person there counting to make sure that there's not an, uh, a lot or that there's not more than they can handle in pre-show at a time so we can like efficiently move the line uh so the oh her name was danny i'm not gonna say her last name but it was danny she was from a different country you remember i remember her very Uh, lovely young lady very sweet very sweet and uh, i loved messing with danny and uh, i was walking by her to get to one of the platforms because that's the only way to get to it and i dropped something I did it on purpose, and then I bent down on one knee and got it, and then I look at her, and she's just like, what are you doing? And then I got up, and I looked over at the entire queue, or the line, rather, and I was like, she said yes, and everybody started clapping and cheering, because they all saw me bend down on one knee. They had no idea what I was doing, and she just turned beet red. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I went up to the platform. Oh man, those were good times. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. I don't know if I knew that story. Oh, for real? Maybe, maybe I think maybe, you were there. Maybe, maybe we discussed it when it happened. Right, because you were I, on the platform. You were on the platform, didn't. so we were busy. <laughs> it was probably one of those deals where, like, people cheered, and I was just like, okay. And I have no idea why, because <laughs> it's, a, it's slightly... That, that was the thing, though. That ride was so small and compact, you could see every part of that ride from every position. Because it was just an indoor thing with just four robot arms going. But it's not like you could actively interact with everybody. But you could definitely see stuff that was happening. Like you could see when a robot got stuck or when a when a uh, a large person deactivated it. And oh, man, then that, deactivated that was... the next one and then deactivated another one and was about uh... to send the whole ride down until maintenance stopped that from happening. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's my a, God. There's a story there, was... there too. <laughs> Did I don't I'm not sure if I shared this story yet or or not, but there is one time I was coordinating, uh, which is basically a supervisor position. Uh and we're supposed to open these robos uh up early for whatever reason. But uh we have to do these ride alongs, right? Like not ride alongs, but ride throughs, which basically somebody sits inside these arms and tests the things to make sure that they're working properly. And uh, I, we were pointing out that some of our managers have never been on the ride. Then this particular manager doesn't like this ride at all because, you know, it can go upside down and stuff and she doesn't want to do that. And we were talking about that and like, oh, I can get her to ride. And I was like, what? No, you can't. And like, yeah, I can get her to ride. Watch. So I call over the radio. Meanwhile, mind you, the radio, everyone can hear. Uh, so I was like, hey. We're having an issue. Can you call me on this other channel? And normally, that's how you get to a private frequency. But anybody who hears, hey, we're having an issue. Can you go to this channel? And they can hear that. They're going to switch to that channel so everybody can hear. So she switches to that channel. I switch to that channel. And I'm like, hey, um, we have an entire platform that's not working. Like the moment you get on, it stops and then it retracts. There, there's no reason for it. Like it can launch by itself. But when you put somebody on, I can't open the attraction because if we're 50% down, that means we're down. And since one platform is down, that means we're down. So you can't open up the ride. Now she's like, what? No. I'm like, yeah, come here. It's like, fine. So she gets there. I'm like, listen, go. If you don't believe me, like I went on to the thing and I have my tricks of stopping the ride. So I'd get on, we'd load a ride and it would stop because, you know, the thing I did and then it would come back and like, see, and she's like, there's no way. I'm like, go try it yourself. I don't care. So she gets into the thing. She doesn't pick a ride. So I have a ride that literally goes upside down five times and she's got to finish the whole thing if we want to open. So <laughs> <laughs> I could see it in her face as soon as I loaded the thing and I started it. She, her, the, her look was basically you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> And I put her upside down five times. Oh, my God. It didn't even make it 15 minutes before she was like, 
not yelling at me, but she was very upset with me. And she made it like very known to everybody at the attraction that she was very upset with me. And the entire attraction was just laughing their ass off because they knew what was going on. So it was all, it was like a inside job. And, uh, I, I just wanted to share that story to, to say that no one's safe from my pranks. Like, not managers. I'm not scared of getting fired. If I want to prank you, I'm going to prank you. But that's just it, right? You didn't do anything against right. the rules or illegal. I, you I just, really didn't. <laughs> you made someone go on a ride they really didn't want to do, and they fell for it, and they knew they fell for it as soon as they saw what you did. <laughs> as soon as they sat down, that look on their face when the <laughs> when that contact bar left, I, oh my god, it was priceless. It was beautiful. Because uh, that there one was, move where they basically just they twist you and then they just dip you. I don't remember what it's called now because it's been so long. Hammerhead. The hammerhead. That's right. And oh. I remember a lot of kids would would go nuts over that and they'd want to do the hammerhead. And then I learned the trick to, to how to do it twice because it was the most intense move. And, and I'm like, okay, guys, I know the big thing is to try to get five loops. But if you try to get five loops, the ride's not going to let you do two hammerheads. So I'm going to let you do one because one of the one of the moves was a double loop. Yeah. And they'll let you do two double loops and a hammerhead, but that's it. I said, if you want to do the hammerhead twice, sacrifice the other loops. Do two easy moves in the beginning, and it'll give you that option for two in a row. And I remember, like, you'd see kids' eyes light up when you would tell them that. And then when they're in the design room, if you just kind of walk over to them, I'm like, remember, first two moves, keep them simple, and you'll get to do it. And they loved it. Because we always knew how to make the best rides. That was the thing, right? Like, hmm. you, we, we knew all the combos. Because when you're working there for a long time, you kind of figure out how the computer works. So we knew exactly how to get stuff to do what we wanted it to do. And... Let's let's be honest here. We make jokes a lot, but there's nothing more satisfying about that job than making people's days, like just making people happy. And if that's all I had to do to make someone's day, then I would do that. And I I remember I got a letter like somebody actually wrote a letter about how thrilled their kids were on some of all thrills because Chris helped them pick the perfect ride. <laughs> and that made me feel pretty good. I got the little like appreciation card in it for that and everything. I didn't get I didn't get too many letters at that attraction because people really didn't write in. Like so when I worked at Safari, I got inundated with positivity there because it's such a big ride. It's so popular. You do so many safaris and a lot of the times it's people's first time going. And I would always give it my all every show because I gave I gave every safari like it was everyone's first time doing it. You know what I mean? Right. So because I really did like that ride and really cared about it. Not that I didn't care about some of all thrills, but it just wasn't a big attraction compared to what else is at Epcot. It's not Soren. It's not Test Track. It's not Mission Space. It's uh, it. Some people don't even know it's there. I mean, remember it's not there now, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but you remember what a big deal it was when we got added to the map, right? And that we and actually saw a spike in in attendance and stuff like that. It was crazy. Because what was something that we kept trying to reiterate to everybody all the time, we're not on the map. That's why people, that was one of the biggest things we would hear is, we're not on the map. People we're, don't know that we're here. People don't we're the go best through kept interventions. Secret. Yeah. Or people assume interventions was all stuff for 
for small kids, which a lot of it was. But there was still cool stuff to do there. My first time in Interventions, they had the uh, all the video games. Remember that? It was like a giant arcade and they had like a Sega, yep. all the Sega systems and the games and stuff like that. Oh, man. Yeah, because we had that giant uh, Sonic the Hedgehog cardboard cutout down in our training room. Yeah. He was always yeah. just hanging out in there. I think there were some games down there too, weren't there? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I know they know they, they were cleaning it out. They were they were cleaning it out, but we kept the Sonic the cutout because we're like you know Sonic. <laughs> Sonic, yeah. I remember going to Interventions when we did our Disney trip back in uh, in two thousand with the uh, the big Millennium celebration and everything. And what I remember specifically was I went into Interventions and rested there while my parents did something. And that was when they had the AOL set up where you could go on the internet. And that was like a big deal because in 2000, high speed internet was still a big deal. (laughs) So, and I remember they went to go do something. I don't remember if they were doing like, because I can't think of any rides that I wouldn't have done that they would have done in Epcot in general, actually. (laughs) So they went to go do something that I chose not to do and they're it's just like it's gonna be like just you know 20 minutes or so and i'm like okay well why don't i just hang out here and go surf the internet and i remember thinking what a cool deal that was to be on the internet it was like they had it set up like a little cafe like the little booth you were sitting in was like a little private corner booth and there was the computer on the table and everything it was kind of neat yeah those were like the good old days man i don't know what they got in there now i think it's just empty Honestly, I think they I think they got some like uh some meet and greets, some picture opportunities in there. But yeah, that's about pretty it. sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh you Disney folk that are listening to this episode, let us know what it looks like in there now or if what they're doing and if they have any any other cool plans. I know obviously it's going to be part of their big Epcot revamp and everything with Mary Poppins and Guardians and all that. They're going to do stuff with those buildings, but I always felt like I always felt like Inno was a very big lost opportunity. There was a lot of there was a lot of potential in there that I think kind of got squandered away. Yeah. The the only reason sometimes we even got people is because they were trying to visit like um you know, Universe of Energy or Test Track and they were just cutting through the building. If it wasn't raining, there was really no reason for for them to go through the building. Oh, yeah. That's when we would actually get really busy was when it was raining. Yeah. Everybody would come in. And then that was that was always annoying because you had to have them take off their ponchos so they wouldn't get the seats wet. Right. Like, please take your ponchos off so the seats don't get soaked because you don't want to sit in that. I I remember (laughs) messing with a lot of people who were just like, is this a will you get wet on this ride? I'm just like, I mean, if you get scared enough, maybe. And uh, got a couple of laughs out of that. Dude, so I used to I used to mess with people outside the Beetlejuice show when they'd come in and be like, is this a roller coaster? And I'd be like, yes, the theater goes upside down twice. And some people would actually stop and like give you that scared look like they what wait, what? This does go upside down? So they realized what I said and I was just messing with them. <laughs> like, no, this is a theater. This is a show. This yeah. Is not a roller coaster. Oh, I, I feel like I like messing with people, like having a good time and everything like that. Uh, it, it, but working at Disney, 
has taught me who I can and cannot mess around with because some people take some of that shit way too serious. Mm-hmm. And I'm just now I'm on I'm on guard. <laughs> like if they are not around my age, I'm not messing with them. And if they are around my age, I'm probably not messing with them. <laughs> like I have not messed with anybody anymore after a couple of things. So which actually leads us to what I want to talk about if we're going to keep this Halloween spooky themed. Well, yes. What we're going to do, guys, is this is going to be a, a, a Halloween themed episode. I know exactly where you're going with this, so I'll set you I'll set you up for it. All right. Uh, so what we're, what we're doing here is this is our last show in September and October is right around the corner. So what's October all about? Halloween, man. What else do you do in October? <laughs> Columbus Day? Pfft, who'd he ever beat? Let's <laughs> like that's an old that's an old wrestling term when you 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 blow off the old time wrestler who'd you ever beat wow <laughs> so yeah to columbus that's what you're gonna celebrate okay so yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna talk all about halloween get hyped up we've got some uh some future programming coming up in two weeks time as long as scheduling permits we're gonna have our old friend jeff trellowitz on the show Jeff worked with us at Disney, but he's going to come on here and we're going to do a cross promotional episode with his podcast, Real Paranormal Talk. We're going to have Jeff on. We're going to talk to him about paranormal investigations, what it takes to to be one, his real stories out in the field, his real encounters, what he cannot debunk and what he has debunked. And we'll talk about the big three ghosts, cryptids and my personal favorite aliens those will be the big three we're going to talk about there we'll get opinions on what we think exists what we think doesn't exist and all that other stuff it'll be a really fun show and jeff jeff will also probably have his own personal disney tales to tell he worked there longer than either of us did so yeah (laughs) i'm sure he'll have some stories here and uh also coming up on the program next week, again, as long as the schedule permits, but I think we're pretty set in stone. We're going to do a crossover with the CKCC radio podcast, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, which is my other show. And we're going to create a show and we're going to create a show with my podcast co-host Dan Peck joining us. And we're going to talk about wrestling themed movies and shows such as The Wrestler or Glow. And then we're going to talk about wrestlers in media and where it's going to be a big crossover. So we'll talk about movies from The Rock, uh, movies from Hulk Hogan, how much they sucked, uh, <laughs> movies from John Cena. Some of those are hit and miss. And then we'll talk about wrestlers who've appeared in other movies. Some of my favorites like Princess Bride with Andre the Giant or They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper. And some of the more obscure stuff, like, did you know that Vader was on Boy Meets World? <laughs> so we can we can have that discussion, too. So even if you guys don't know Jack about wrestling, we'll make it a fun and interesting show for you. And you might actually learn a little bit something about why why it's such a big part of my life and why I have so much respect for it. So that'll come up next week, and then we'll go back to the, the spooky topics with Jeff. And then I don't know what we got planned for the rest of October, but... That's why I wanted to do this Halloween show now so everybody's hyped up because by the time you listen to this show on Monday, September the 28th, if that's when you are listening, you only have two more days of September left because Thursday the 1st, we're going full on 
spooky stuff, right? Right. From we're we're it's spooky hype all the way through. And we got some stuff to talk about on this episode here, but one of Eric's ideas was to tie in our theme park history with horror. So Eric, what would you like to discuss? Oh man. Oh man. And I'm not talking about horror like somebody was going over to scare you or anything like that, but things that just happened to you while you were working that you, once you realized what the fuck was happening, you were just in, in fear. You're just like, Oh man. Okay. I am not ready for this. This is not a situation that I am comfortable with. Yeah. This is actually, we're talking like actual fear, not just the awkward moment of, have you heard of the Kama Sutra? There's this position where they are scissoring. That's like lesbian shit. We're not talking about oh. that. Oh, my God. That That's still, I don't know. I think that's close enough to, to the horror thing. <laughs> I was horrified. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, So, I was working in Fantasyland. I know. I know. That's scary enough. But I was working in yeah. Fantasyland. I was working the teacup rides. Actually, I think Katie was working that day. Hi, Katie. Hey, Katie, how you doing? Um, I, you know, actually, short story, Katie hated me when I was in Fantasyland. She, like, I was a... I, I calmed down by the time I got to Interventions, but I was a big dick in Fantasyland. But I think that's just because Fantasyland brought the worst out of everybody that worked there. Um, and now you're one of Katie's favorite people. I know, right? Like, it's it's funny how oh, that works. Come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, back to my horror story. I'm working the teacup ride, right? It's very famous. It's not a whole lot going on. You get in a teacup, it spins, you spin the cup, rides over. Like that, that's pretty much the entire thing. But it's, we do it's have, like a standard carnival fair type of ride. Yeah. Basically. Right. And, but we do have, at the time, this was the rule. If you are under 48 inches, you needed to be with someone 14 years or older, right? Unless right. you were 14 years or older. So, you know, if a little person showed up, obviously they're older than 14, they can ride. It's whatever. So, I get this, I don't know, she looked like a 10-year-old girl holding an infant. And I'm just like, hi, uh, how old are you? And she's just like, 13. And I was like, I'm sorry, uh, the little one can't ride. You need to have like uh, someone over the age of 14 or like the mom or something. And she's like, I am the mom. And that was the most horrifying moment. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Terrible life choices have been made. And now you're here and you are the parent and I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, at that okay, at that point, I'm just like, yeah, you're not dropping this kid, right? You, you can go. I'm oh not. My I'm not. God. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know what I would have done. I would right? have been dumbfounded. Like, okay, right? I got. I got. This did not happen to me, but I unfortunately witnessed this. And I will tell you, this is another one of those. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god kind of stories. Um so the the big uh the big thing that would happen to people 
and this has happened to multiple people in the theme park industry, is you would advise a woman not to ride if she was pregnant, and it turns out she was not. Everybody's had one of those stories. Fortunately, I was never stupid enough to make that assumption. <laughs> but I think you, you've heard stories like that, right? Right. Where, I don't yeah, mention does, that shit anymore. I point at the sign. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> end well. Trust me. Does not end well. For, But here's something that happened completely different. Um, an older gentleman at the safari ride informed a large group of people that it was not advisable that the lady to ride if she was pregnant. And she got the horrified look and everybody got the horrified look. And I'm like, oh, God, it's going to be one of these. No, she actually was pregnant, but she hadn't told anybody yet. And that came to light at the entrance of the ride. You're pregnant? Wait, what? And everybody's just dumbfounded. And now she's mortified because this is how she now has to break the news. I don't know if there was a reason she hadn't broken the news yet, but... I'll tell you this, she didn't look pregnant. So I don't know where that came from. But that became a family squabble that led to a guest complaint that led to a team meeting about how to talk to people. I mean, he made a blanket statement, though. It wasn't like he pointed her out. Yes, but... No, he actually was like, ma'am, excuse me, I w- you, sh- you should heed the warnings if you're pregnant about going on this ride. And yeah, it was a single out. Fortunately, oh, okay. fortunately, the good thing about being next to the greeter position at the fast pass position is you can suddenly be like, I have to go tend to a machine now and disappear from that situation <laughs> entirely, which is what I did. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that's always the worst when you get in trouble for doing something, doing the right thing. Like, you know how many times we like just fucked around and it was okay. But but whenever we actually did the right thing, that's when we would get in trouble. Yeah. And that happened so many times that it would be. It it would almost become a running gag in its own, right? Well, yeah. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm sorry that you don't like it, but like I remember people getting mad at the disaster ride at Universal when you would discourage lap sitting and you'd be like, guys, you know, you can't have the kid on your lap. They'll be like, but it's but it's just a baby. I'm like, I understand. Cause if they were six months or older, they could ride because they could sit by themselves, right? I'm like, I understand. But they have to be on the seat themselves, so you just need to put them, just put them between you. And people would fight back so hard on that. I'd be like, well, the other option is the baby doesn't ride, so I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, I can't send the train unless the kid has its own seat. Right. Well, you know what would happen. You would dispatch the train, and as it went around the corner, that's when the kid would be popped up back on the lap. And the person in tower would be monitoring and they'd be like, okay, which row, which, which car are they in? Which row? Okay. Yep. They're on the lap. And then they would do the thing over the loudspeaker. And, 
And yeah, and then it's just, and then they would complain. They'd be like, that was not necessary to call us out like that. Well, I mean, kind of was. (laughs) It kind of was. was. (sighs) We we had something similar when I worked at Dumbo, except it was way worse because they would take their kid and Simba their kid off the side of a moving vehicle. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Michael Jackson, you you want to not do that? Like, holy shit. And then you're scared to stop the ride because what if they lose grip? Right? Like, (laughs) that's what you're supposed to do, but I I don't... mm, I know kids can recover pretty quickly, but not not when they're like 30 feet in the air. Um, Do you have a horror story based on It's a Small World? Oh, I have a fun story. But... If it's the story I'm thinking of, it it was terrifying when you told me about it. Yes. So So please, for for all of our wonderful listeners who already have reserves about the It's a Small World ride and its dolls, please make this worse for them. (laughs) It's a Small World is a very interesting attraction. When I was getting trained there, it's a boat ride. Um... And with dolls. That that's the premise of it. And you go through different countries. But in order to do the training, right, and to, to walk the walking paths that they have, you have to do it before the park opens. So you get some very interesting details about the dolls, the animatronics, and the ride itself. Now, one of these interesting stories is that they have a cosmetology team that goes through and trims the hairs on the dolls because they grow. They what? They grow. And I was what? like, no, I'm sorry, what? This is not okay. What? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, the cosmetology team every once in a while has to come in and trim the hair on the dolls. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. I'm not working here. And I'm never coming back to this side of the park ever again. Turns out that it's yarn, right? Because they're dolls. But the moisture from the water of the ride and the humidity of Florida causes that yarn to expand. But they don't tell you that. They just tell you that these dolls that already look kind of creepy enough when they're not moving. It's way worse when they're not moving, by the way, Chris. When they're moving in the ride, it's fine. Like, I know it's still kind of like... Uh, but when they're not moving, they have this blanket like stare, and they're staring. Oh God, the dead eyes! Down. <laughs> yeah, the dead eyes stare. Oh, it's the worst. And then she like you're looking at this doll, and you're hearing this person say, "Yeah, they come in and trim the hairs because it grows." I'm like, "Fuck, man, I'm never going on this ride again." That's one of the creepiest tours I have ever had, as far as like training is concerned. <laughs> Oh, and ever... and then they have a maintenance bay. I mean, they have to work oh, to make yes, sure the boats and stuff like that. <laughs> they have the maintenance bay, which is just straight up a scene out of Jaws. They're giant fish hooks that like hold these boats up so they can work on the boats. There's nothing on the boats. They're just making sure that they don't sink. And th- the only reason a boat would sink is if you don't properly like distribute the weight on the boat. That that's there. There's a little trick to it. 
If if you ever see them load the boat and it's super slow, they load from the middle and then spread outwards. Uh, if it's super busy, they don't care because they normally fill the entire boat. But yeah, to, just keep an eye out. And you, you want the like heavier people in the center, not in the front or the back. All right, the so back, this it'll is, make it look like is, it's a jet ski. <laughs> this is terrifying enough to think that I could sink on It's a Small World. <laughs> I mean, like, that, that alone gonna, is terrifying. Yeah, you're not going to drown. It's it's You could walk the whole no, thing. It's I not that deep. I don't but. care. I don't want to be in that water. And, oh, and yeah, no I whatever. don't want to have to, any issues on It's a Small World at all. Right? Uh, uh, but yeah, no, that was that was it. Actually, Didn't you say in the maintenance bay they had like the dolls with like the faces taken off and everything? They they have all of the parts that they need to rebuild stuff, but they're not fully intact, right? So they're like they're parted out. So you'll just be walking along sometimes and you'll see like a doll arm and you're just like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> just laying there. No, it's no not okay. No one's ever going to ride It's a Small World again after this episode. It's a, it's a good ride. A it's a good ride. Shot. But man, is it creepy? Especially when they're telling you, I'm just like, you want me to work here, right? Like, are you just this is like a trying to scare people away type of thing? This is why people don't want to work at A Small World, by the way. <laughs> it sounds, yeah, it's terrifying. Definitely. So I know people are going to be like, oh, talk about like Haunted Mansion and Alien Encounter. But let's save that for when Jeff's on the show, because we could do a whole thing with Haunted Mansion as a little tie in with him. Talk yeah. about the cool effects and everything. But that's still my my all time favorite theme park ride is Haunted Mansion at Magic Kingdom. Absolutely love the Haunted Mansion. I mean, the Disneyland one is cool, too, but I've only been on that one once and I've never seen the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay that I really want to. So see. I like the TTC. Yeah? Yeah, I just kind of like going around Future World, just relaxing, going TTC through that. Awesome. Like, uh, Yeah. That would be like my all-time favorite one. But it's not themed to anything. Kind of themed to Future World. Maybe. I mean, it goes through Future World, but like... There's no, it, it has no self identity. It's just a future world theme. It's just like, look at all the stuff we have here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, that that's a good horror story about the uh, the theme parks. I don't really have any more. Uh, I, okay, I actually do have something that was that was kind of creepy. So you've been on the the uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, right? Right. And you know that there's a part where the Dementors come after you. Well, when we were doing the opening team for the uh, for the ride, they had a room with like a hundred Dementors in it right at the very end of the ride. And I was doing one of the uh, the maintenance spots where basically what we were doing was it was it was cool to be on the commissioning team because you got to basically read and play on your Nintendo DS and whatever. And just kind of make sure that the people who were supposed to be there were there. We were kind of like just security guards, right? And I was assigned to the Dementor area while they were working on it. And I'm sitting there at my little table and all the programmers are there and they're working on their stuff. And they're like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to do a test. And they do the test and all the Dementors start moving. And I'm like, this is creepy as hell, but this is pretty cool. 
all right, let's do the lighting test. I'm like, the what? Everything goes black. And all of a sudden, it's just a hundred backlit dementors all just moving around and moaning and making noise at full volume. And I'm just sitting there looking up like, um... (laughs) 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 And then, this is kind of lame, but when they were doing test rides, they determined that that scene was too terrifying and they scaled back the Dementors. And that really disappointed me because that was my favorite part was the very, very end when you would just turn and there was just Dementors everywhere with one coming right at you to take your soul away. And if you guys are not Harry Potter fans and don't know what a Dementor is, imagine if the Grim Reaper was just floating. That's basically what a Dementor looks like. A floating Grim Reaper. Yeah. It's pretty accurate. Like a ghost. Now imagine that. Reaper. Now imagine that getting in your face in a completely dark theme park setting. Pretty damn cool. But uh, I don't want to. I don't want to blow the entire show on just theme park stories. Although we got we've gotten phenomenal feedback about that. Yeah. Um, and we have some feedback from last week's episode from our guest Andy Calipitas. By the way, thank you guys for the positive feedback on that episode. People really liked the interview. Uh, some people were like me, kind of fascinated with what goes into building a drum kit, but Andy gave us feedback and this is probably the most positive feedback we've gotten on the show so far. He said, my favorite thing about you guys is you're not pretentious nerds. You like stuff and you're positive about it and you don't make anybody feel bad for having a different opinion. And I think that's a good compliment because that's always what I've strived to be when it comes to fandoms. Yeah. You know, my... And you and I both know we're both involved with very toxic fandom communities between Star Wars or the pro wrestling fandom in general is very toxic. So you get you just get tired of it. You get tired of all that stuff. And you're just Star Wars being toxic. What are are you talking about? Star Wars fandom is not toxic. Every Star Wars member loves every Star Wars movie. Nobody has ever bullied anybody off of social media that was in a Star Wars movie. That's never happened. Right. This isn't politics now. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. oh, the ch- that's why when the Sasha Banks thing happened in The Mandalorian, I was like, oh, good. The two fandoms are about to come together. I said, this is going to be the toxic shitstorm of the century. <laughs> it's going to be these, uh, oh, man. these fans coming together. Although there's a lot of crossover there. Kind of like a, like, a lot of wrestling fans and comic book fans are one and the same because wrestlers to a lot of people were the real life superheroes, right? So that's why a lot of them were also into comic books. A lot, a lot of the wrestlers are very into comic books and and video games and stuff like that. I mean, hell, if you guys want to check out something fun that's wrestling related, but also it focuses on video games, look up uh, Up Up Down Down on YouTube xavier woods's channel his real name is uh i think he goes by his real name of austin creed on on there i'm not 100 percent sure if he does the real name thing now but the whole thing is him and all the other wrestlers just sit around and they stream video games together and they just have a good time with it and they stream some really fun stuff too i bet you know what we should stream one day among us like i've been watching some gameplay on that game and it looks fantastic that looks like something I would really, really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, that and Fall Guys. I really want to play that game, too. Yeah, when we have Dan on next week, we'll have him talk a little bit about it, because he's been playing it. 
Yeah. And he's uh, He has some feedback about that. And, uh, so now you guys know what's coming up next week. And uh, <laughs> please check out all the other fun stuff on CKCC Radio. We got all those great shows. I won't do the full plug because I want to get into our Halloween stuff here. But I will say this because uh, I know people do have checked out our partner podcasts, The Blake and Sal Show and The United We Fan. I will be making an appearance on The United We Fan podcast tentatively scheduled in – I don't. I want to get this right here. I believe it's going to be about three weeks' time. I'll make sure that I hype it up on the channel and everything. We're going to do a whole episode on the Simpsons Halloween specials. And Mark is bringing me on to, as a Simpsons consultant, <laughs> basically. Oh, my God. Because I know what – okay, like, yeah, pro wrestling in Star Wars, pretty big. But Simpsons might actually be the number one thing. <laughs> that might be the number one thing. So we'll see if I can bestow my Simpsons knowledge on them when it comes to Treehouse of Horror stuff. But uh, it'll be a pretty fun episode. It'll be part of the United We Fan format there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Simpsons stuff when we talk about our Halloween traditions here. But first, I want to do some feedback. I reached out to the Nerd Table community. And ask people, what are some of their Halloween traditions? You know, stuff that they've done. So we'll use that as kind of our segue here to talk about some Halloween stuff. Uh, so let's kick off with a comment from our good friend, Katie C. Because we hey, all Katie. love Katie. And Katie loves us. So I said, let's talk about what... What are some things that you do every year for Halloween? And being in Orlando, Katie immediately said Halloween Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights, man. Yeah, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Universal Orlando, actually, I think Universal in general does it all over, but they have the annual tradition of Halloween Horror Nights where around 5 o'clock, Universal Studios will close for the day, and then at 6 o'clock, it'll reopen with... It used to be eight, and they've increased it to ten haunted houses, scare zones, and a handful of rides. Not every ride is open, because they use a lot of the, the rides' queue lines to for their haunted houses. But they keep the big stuff open. Like, you can still ride Rock and Roller Coaster. You can still ride... Not Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, I was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> I mean, you can yeah, ride no. Rock and Roller Coaster at 6 o'clock, but that's a different park. I can't disrespect Rock and Roller Coaster like that. I apologize because that's Rip Ride Rocket. The uh, the, the the one, speaking of horror, the one theme park ride I still flat out refuse to go on. Why? Because, Why? because I was there when they were building it. And I saw okay. stuff I didn't like. That's I fair. will not go on that ride. Ever. I'm not going to tell you not to ride it, but I've seen stuff, stuff that I should not have seen, and I don't like it, don't trust it, will never ride it. For Aren't that those reason. designs supposed to be meant for like an indoor coaster too? Like it's not supposed to be an outdoor one or something? It, it, no, because they didn't want to wait for, uh, what's it called, B&M, who built all those coasters. They had like a six-month waiting period. They didn't want to wait for them. So they went with a different company that only ever specialized in building kiddie coasters. That's why oh, the design just looks so weird. Because if you look at any of the B&M roller coasters, they all look the same, the way the structures are built. But this one, you're just like, this thing is just a freaking... Well, you remember Connects, that old toy where you could like... Yeah, the... You could basically build a roller coaster with it. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a kids connect set. 
Like, it looks like something you would build in Roller Coaster Tycoon to kill your guests. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm well, sorry I mean, if people like it. That's great if you like it and you ride it. It, it is not something I will do. But, uh, but I'll ride the mummy every time. Every oh, time. the mummy's great. Every it time. A, it was a pain getting into the the... I don't know if they moved it since last time I worked at Universal. Hence, you know, basically right when the mummy was uh, built, um, their break room to get to their break room, you had to go underneath the track. <laughs> yes, you do. You still have to do that. Oh, the break room is actually very nice and it's actually pretty quiet in there. Once you close the door, it's a really good like noise canceling room. And they had they had an Xbox in there that had one of those one of those discs that somebody ripped from their computer and put like all these Super Nintendo games on it. So we were sitting there playing Super Mario World on an Xbox. Nice. And then I remember the one my one co-worker, co-worker was playing Uniracers. You remember that game? You're just a little unicycle. That's all you are. No, I don't think I played that game. It's, it's, it's like it's like a kind of like a stunt racing platformer game. And you're just a little unicycle. And I remember he was like, and and me, of course, I had to show my nerd flag because he's like, there was this game back in the day. And he gives me a really vague description. I go, oh, do you mean this? And I pull it up on the menu. He's like, yes. How did you know that? I'm like, dude, dude, (laughs) Super Nintendo is my favorite. I know Super Nintendo. (laughs) I got I got you, buddy. I got you. But uh, yeah, you go under the you go under the track. And you, there is a uh, graveyard of televisions down there. Is there? Yes. There's just like, just tons of televisions, like, like old televisions, like 1930s to like 1980s TVs, big tube televisions. It's, it's neat. Huh. And and by the way, the mummy with the lights on is very unimpressive when you realize you're in a warehouse and they they store a bunch of Halloween Horror Night stuff right around the tracks. <laughs> so like, it's like, oh, as you go to this portion of the track, you just see Horror Night shit strewn about because they use it as storage too. It doubles as a warehouse. I think the so. best Halloween Horror Night setup that I uh, that I was involved in, they didn't do it at studios. They had studios open. But the Halloween Hard Nights was actually taking place in Islands of Adventure. Yeah, I heard about that, that they did that one like once or twice. Uh, and it's the creepiest thing because all the houses are like back where Jurassic Park is. Or I guess was. I don't know what they're doing back there now. But they had general like wooded areas and there was like a haunted... Um, uh, insane asylum like an asylum back there Mm -hmm. and that was probably they used strobe effects so they had a warning out there like hey you know if you're prone to seizures don't go here uh type of thing but like it was just generally creepy i thought that was the best like at least as far as cues because even the the line itself was fucking creepy as shit and it was great and then you know you still had access to uh some of the studios that they had uh, because those those trailers, right? Like those bungalows back there, yeah, they you still can't. I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe it. It was where they used to film uh, Double Dare, that big one that's back there. 
Right, where the Nick Studio was? Yeah, well, next to it. Next to the the Nick Studio, because I think they filmed something else there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they actually have sound stages, like legit sound stages. Yeah, yeah. so those those giant sound stages, that's like where they they had some of those as houses. And uh, man, it it was fantastic. Like, that that year was just great, because people were complaining that, oh, hey, why are you closing the park so early? And uh, they're just like, okay, well, we won't close the main park since that was the main complaint. And then just moved it over to Islands of Adventure. And I was rescuing over at um, – rescuing, by the way, is if you don't have enough people in one location, so they take you away from your primary location to a different location. For instance, I was working at Jimmy Neutron at the time, uh, and there was too many of us there, but not enough people over at Dr. Doom's Fearfall. Uh, I was already trained at Dr. Doom's Fearfall for the summer to help them out. So they're like, hey, do you want to go back over there? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go back. That's fine. It's during Halloween Horror Night. So I figured not going to be too busy. Boy, was I wrong. Um, busy out the <laughs> ass. But but I got to mess with people. They're like, hey, it's Halloween. You got to mess with people. You can scare people if you want. And I'm just like, yes, this is going to be perfect. So as I was operating the ride, some of the people are scared of that ride in general, just to begin with. They don't like it. They think it's not safe. At certain points, I would mute the audio and I would play the downtime spiel saying like, they're, oh, you know, we're having technical difficulties type of thing. And then as in the middle of them saying, oh, we're having technical difficulties, the ride would launch. And oh my God, people would lose their fucking minds. Like if you really want to get people to scream, you do it while playing a broken uh, broken spiel. Um, now I've yeah. heard at uh, at Doctor Doom a, a popular thing to do was people would go, "All right, guys, we are launching in five, four, and then launch them." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it's it's one of our favorite things to do is just do a fake countdown and then launch them. Um, one of my other favorite things to do is um, so there's a seatbelt clip that goes right by your crotch, right? There's a way if you hold it, you can clip it and then pull it off immediately and then clip it and pull it off immediately. I would do that to people who are already freaking out and just be like, oh, man, this one's busted again. Hold on. And I would like slam it and be like, I think that will hold and then walk away. <laughs> just just really mess with people, you know, <laughs> it was it was fine. It was safe because we still checked it. We still did our job. But messing with people during Halloween Horror Nights, they're already drunk. The worst thing that I've seen, which is kind of a horrifying moment for me, is there's these doors that you don't know are doors if you are a guest, like if you're waiting to ride. But we know that they're doors. They're like secret walls type of thing. I open this up, and there's this guy who has a turkey leg up his ass. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, he's trying to, like, make his friend laugh. So he shoved a a used, or or I guess a, a already eaten turkey leg bone and he's using it as a tail, and he's got it between his butt cheeks. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> like, what the oh fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, speaking uh, of horror, got using yeah. a turkey leg as a tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I've, I, got, I got a quick horror story that I didn't realize at the time. And the realization was horror. I didn't understand why in the middle of summer, someone came to some of all thrills wearing ears and a tail and other stuff kind of looking like an animal. And it wasn't for a while until I was clued in that that was a furry. 
And I was genuinely creeped out by that revelation. Oh, man. I mean, genuinely creeped out by that. I don't kink shame. Whatever turns you on, turns you on. That's cool. Whatever rocks oh, about, you know. I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming him <laughs> for it, but but thank you to Jackie, Jackie. If you're listening to this, thank you for ruining my day when I pointed this out. Because <laughs> I go back to the breaker, I'm like, this guy was just like in fox ears and a tail, and Jackie just casually goes, "Yeah, that's a furry." Oh, good. I didn't connect that in my head until right now. So thank you. Which kind of makes you think, right? Like, because how many I times do we go ER, to the parks? Like, right after that. <laughs> I think I immediately was like, that's it. Going home. <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. I'm done. How many, how many times do we see people wearing ears and tails at Disney? Uh, I mean, you don't think about it because that's the thing, right? You get the Mickey ears. Right. So you don't even think about it when you see other stuff. But I didn't, I didn't understand what this was because it wasn't a character that I could identify. Uh, but I wasn't meant to identify. <clears throat> I'm sure there's an entire blog out there with this character's adventures and very detailed stuff in there that I don't care to read. <laughs> you, you know what? We should find one of these and just read them. Read them on the podcast. <laughs> just just a portion of it. Oh, God. All right, we, we used to do this on uh, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. We would find fan fiction. We'd go to fanfiction.org or dot whatever, and we would find like – wrestling theme fan fiction and read a chunk of it on the show but we would read it exactly as it was written with all the spelling and grammar errors and tact oh my God. and we would do voices and i remember there were times where i would literally like lose my breath laughing trying to get through this we could do something like that i think let's get some feedback from people would you like us to just that was another thing I used to do on Wrestle Talk was we would go to WWE's official Facebook page and read comments on articles from people on Facebook with all spelling oh, and grammar errors intact. And like that the, uh, was a lot of fun. That's when I realized that that's when I learned who Jahan Cena was. J-H-O-N Cena. Jahan Cena. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is Jahan Cena? But, <laughs> but yeah, oh. that was... That, that's kind of like the uh, Amazon reviews, like almost. People who leave yeah. those crazy comments. Oh, they're so funny. We should do a segment like that. We I did that yesterday. Um, we recorded our patron show and we were doing we do our we do music video watch alongs, and we did a childish Gambino one, and I was reading all the comments and one of the things was was like, <laughs> "You've seen Community, right?" Yeah. Okay, one of the comments was, I can't believe I just, because it the whole thing is every time Childish Cambino enters the diner again, everybody looks like him. It gets really creepy at the end. Everybody keeps turning into him, and somebody goes, I've never seen Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, and Troy in the same place at the same time before, and here it is. <laughs> and I started cracking up, because I thought that was funny as hell. <laughs> oh, shit. Like the people who are like, have you ever seen Dwayne Johnson and The Rock in the same place at the same time? Hmm, makes you think. I'm like, okay, you are trolling, but then you start thinking about the internet in general. I'm like, is he? Are though? you? Yeah. But are you? <laughs> so, thank. Sorry, Katie. Not to get off tangent on <laughs> talking about Halloween Horror Nights, but I went to my first Horror Nights in 2008 because I was down for the uh, the Disney College program. 
And it sounded like a ton of fun. We went with a we we did a we did a, a crucial rookie mistake though. We went with too big of a group. How big? Because uh, it was definitely over twelve people that we were all traveling with. And when you have that many people going to a theme park, inevitably what happens is you start arguing because yeah. not everybody wants to do the same thing. And eventually, we did the smart thing and we split up. And it was me and just a handful of safari drivers. We went and we did our own thing. And that was the smartest thing ever. Because I remember, I remember, I think my buddy Ryan came with us. Ryan worked at the, uh, he did merch for, uh, for Tower Terror, Fantasmic, and Rock and Roller Coaster. And he happened to be off that night. And he came with us and he was just kind of hanging out with the crew. And, you know, he's a, he's a good guy and he kind of went along with the flow of everything. But even by the end, he's just like, yeah, there's too many people and we keep stalling. <laughs> so eventually I'm like, you want to just like, go do our own thing. And then there was a couple other drivers that were with us. We're like, yes, please let's go. Please do our own thing. And we did. And it was so much better that way. You can't have too many people go to something like that when there's that many things going on. Cause then people argue, Oh, that house was so cool. I want to go do it again. It's like, yeah, but we still have other houses we haven't done yet. I want to go right. on this ride. Oh, we can do that anytime. I'm here to do the houses. <laughs> Those lines, if you want to talk about something scary, just the line, the length. Fucking, sometimes yes. it takes like two hours to go into a house that takes 90 seconds to go I through. I know, I can't. The last time I went to Horror Nights, uh, two years ago, I splurged the $75 and got myself the Express Pass. It was the cheapest one. It was just you get to do every house one time. Yeah. One time each. Let me tell you. That was the best $75 I've ever spent in a theme park. I did not wait longer than 15 minutes for any house. Not only did I get to do all 10 houses, but I also got to go on rides. And I got to do all the shows and just casually hang out in the scare zones and like get food and drinks and stuff. We even got to just hang out in Diagon Alley, which is not affiliated with uh, with Horror Nights. They don't put anything horror back there. We just got yeah, to go in I there and just hang that's out. That's one of the safe zones. Also, there's safe zones. For anybody who hasn't been to one of these things, there's safe zones, right? So if you don't like the whole scaring thing and you just want to go there because of the rides, the, the lines are shorter for the rides during this time. There are definitely some safe zones where there's nothing going on, right? So nobody's trying to scare you. You could just Well, drunken idiots are trying to scare you. Well, yeah, but that's not Universal's like fault. That's just drunk people in general. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the $75 for the Express Pass during Halloween Horror Nights is definitely worth it. Just so you can do everything that you want to do and you don't have to worry about it. Because like I said, it's not open all day, right? So it's open from 6 till, let's say, 1, I want to say. Yeah, and I think it varies. I think midnight is the earliest it closes. Maybe yeah. eleven on like the real like early weeknight, off <laughs> like a Wednesday, time. you know. Yeah, yeah. But then, but it goes until two a.m. on weekends during peak times. So even if you get there exactly when it opens at six o'clock, by the time you get to your first house, let's say it takes you fifteen minutes to get there, you're waiting two hours. Now it's eight fifteen. Like, how much are yeah. you? You have ten houses. Like, how much really are you going to get done? You're going to get maybe two houses in because you're probably going to get hungry at some point and maybe yep. a ride or two. And that and that's yep. going to be your day. But yeah. if you get the uh, – they have these, those what frequent fear passes so you can go every weekend. Um, I feel like 
if you're not going to get the express pass for the day, that would probably be your best bet. But either way, you're looking at spending more. But it's definitely worth it. The $75 for one day, get everything out of the way. Um, and just they do have it. good shows. Especially yeah, if you're going to go one it. time, you may not go a second time. If you know you're going to go multiple times, it's one thing. But, you know, I was flying in. I, I only had the week down there. I was only going that one night. I was like, and I want to make sure I do everything. So I'm going to spend the money to guarantee that I get to do everything. And it was worth every freaking penny. I promise you guys, it was worth it. 100% worth it. And the houses are so well done. They're some of the best. I, I can't say that Horror Nights is the best theme park attraction out there. I mean, it's certainly not the scariest, but it has the the best budget out of a lot of them. Yeah. So the, the houses That's are very true. detailed. And it's very... Even the bad houses are still still have something fun about them. In fact, the only times I've ever really disliked a house, it was just because it didn't look that appealing or the scares just weren't working for me or the storyline was kind of lame. It's not like it's not like I've been in an outright bad house. I mean, I, I remember I hated that one with the underground tree people just because it smelled awful. Like I did, I just didn't like that because I was I got oh, out of yeah. it. I'm like that was the, terrible. The, the ones with the smells, I can't, I can't deal. And it's just I don't find them scary. I just feel like I'm gonna be sick after this. I just had a few like, beers and now I'm in here and it smells like piss. Like I'm yeah. out. I hated the uh, the child's play themed house because it had that stupid spiral tunnel, and it was one of the coolest themed houses because the idea was that you were shrinking down to Chucky's size, so all the toys were like your size. Which is how they had like the evil, like the green army men fighting the evil rabbit and everything. So it would make sense. And then that way the scare actors could dress like Chucky and it didn't seem like it was just a doll. It was just a a small actor. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but I remember I got so nauseated trying to walk through that. And I know the point was to disorient you, but I was like so miserable. I'm like, man, this could have been so cool and so much fun. But that just threw me off. And I was just like, I don't want to go back through that now because I didn't want to deal with that. And the house was itself a, was done really well. Yeah, there was one that really kind of got me. I, I thought the effects were cool, but the house itself, like the way it was designed was just terrible. It was the vampire one. And I know why they did it. They had like uh, their their scare actors on, I don't know what they had them on, like either rope or some sort of bungee system because they would fly across, which was really cool. But you you can only do that if you have enough room, right? So these rooms are gigantic, and I feel like the cramped space really brings that fear out. Yes, because in a large area you could just run, right? Right. So in a large area you're not really seeing too much. It, it was kind of boring, but I thought the flying, you know, vampires or whatever that that was cool. But that was about it. That was my least favorite house. I, I understand that one. I remember the year they did uh, they did Frankenstein's Castle and Dracula's Castle. Those houses were so phenomenal. They looked so medieval. They had the giant facades up in the studio, so it looked like it was up on the mountain and you were going in. I remember, I, I remember just loving those houses. And there were two houses that stand out to me that really got me as far as like scares go. Because that's the thing with Horror Nights. I like to be scared. And I've mentioned this before in 
I do think jump scares is a cheap way to scare you, but there's a way to make a jump scare genuinely terrifying and really take you off guard. And two houses did it for me. One was, it was called Dead Exposure. It was the first year I went. And I want to give our friend Megan a shout out here because I know she's going to listen to this. And she was in that house. Oh, and that's the other thing. In Horror Nights, they can't touch you unless they know you. And I yeah. remember I walked into the Dead Exposure room with the uh, the bathrooms with the zombies. And I went, Megan! And I called her out. And I just see one of the zombies turn around and just bum rushes me immediately. <laughs> There, okay, that actually brings me. Oh no, finish yours. I'll bring. I got a story after this. No, that was the end of the story. I just remember people behind us were screaming about that because they just saw a, a zombie attack a guest, and they were not okay with that. <laughs> okay, so we had um, this was actually in the studios portion. It was around where Beetlejuice was. Actually, we had the chainsaws. You, you remember the characters with the chainsaws? Yes. Okay. So they use actual chainsaws, just, just to give you a heads up, but they don't have the chains att- attached to them. They're Right, so they blank. can't hurt you right. with them. Right, so it, you can't get hurt, basically. But the the motor, the sounds, all that stuff, everything else, 100% real. Um, So they had them out there just kind of wandering around and they'll they'll chase you but they're not allowed to touch you however this one year they thought hey you know what would be great let's actually have some characters play the part of uh guests you know so they were actually guests there and then the other characters the characters with the chainsaws would go up to them and actually bring them down to the floor and then they would use fake blood and splatter them. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> they only awesome. Yeah, and it scared the shit out of everybody. They only did it for the one day. <laughs> the one day. Oh. Uh, but that that That's was amazing. Yeah. You know, actually, that that's another thing. You always want to go day one of Halloween Hard Nights if you're gonna go. Because by the time you make it to the last day, things have changed. They've removed a whole bunch of stuff because people complain. You also want to go on the last day because you also want to go on the last day. People stop caring and they start doing whatever they want. Yeah, Uh, I I feel like Bill and Ted show is still there. Oh my god, Bill! ah, That that was I miss. I'm gonna miss that. The one Um, my my negative with the Bill and Ted show was that I felt like when I was going every year, I felt like it got lamer every year. Like, they were just running out of stuff to talk about. And then the show started picking up traction again. I'm like, oh, my God, they're actually making it really good again. And then they got rid of it. I know. Could you imagine this year, though? You know the quarantine would be top of their list. (laughs) Also, the movie came out, so. Yeah. They would have had. (laughs) Dude, why are we wearing these face masks? Yeah. Oh, my God. They would have had a blast with it. <clears throat> and uh, shout out to my uh, my old friend Christian, who sadly passed away this year. But he actually played uh, John McCain in the 2008 one because that was before the election. So they had a McCain and an Obama came out and fought each other. Oh, wow. And he actually played John McCain. The uh, Yeah, the Horror Nights was always a lot of fun. The other house that got me really bad was there was one year. I don't remember. It was one of the original houses. It was it was your standard haunted house affair. You know, there's a poltergeist or something in the house, and 
There's a yeah. lot of creepy stuff happening. And you go into the bedroom and it just looks like a standard bedroom with a kid like kind of freaking out. And all of a sudden they hit you with the strobe light and there's something under the covers just moving about. And you know, the only way to pull that off was they had to have like a hole in the bed that somebody popped out of because the bed is like perfectly set up. And then all of a sudden there's something there. And I remember that got me really bad. I was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> you're walking oh, right towards the bed when they hit you with that. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. <clears throat> but I like that stuff. I like being. I yeah, like being I, scared I, at Hard Nights. I, like, I'm. As far as like, I'm not a big fan of horror movies, but I do like haunted houses and stuff like that. I think that that's pretty cool. But like, this is what we enjoyed as an adult. How was Halloween for you as a kid? Like, what'd you do, like trick or treating wise and, and shit like that? Ah, uh, great question. When I would go trick or treating as a kid, there was because uh, we had like the neighborhood, right? Like the little development of houses that you would go to, and you'd basically stick to your own neighborhood. Mm-hmm every year because we knew everybody not like knew them on a first name basis but we knew everybody was was good you know it's not like there were any creepy people or anything and then you start to learn which houses give out the good stuff so you always knew which houses you were going to go to and get the uh the best candy at but there was another <clears throat> at the uh trying to set this up here there was my neighborhood that was that came out from the main road And then on the other side of the main road, there was, you know, there was a firehouse and a deli. And then behind the firehouse was another development. And I remember there was one house in particular back in that development that gave out full-size candy bars. And everybody knew which house it was, right? That was the house. But they also knew that people would try to go back multiple times and just get all their candy. So they would kind of keep track of you and your costume. There was always like four or five people there when you went. And that's what they would do. If you tried to go back a second time, they would actually deny you. Because, and it seemed like a dick move when I was a kid. But as an adult, I'm like, no, I get that. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) I 100% side with them on this. But me and my friends learned that if we changed our costumes enough, We could go back and they wouldn't recognize. So we would have our regular costume where you could see our faces and then we'd have the full body stuff. And if you changed everything enough so that they couldn't tell, you could get away with it. But you could only we only ever risked it the two times. We we weren't going to go back and try for a third. But let me tell (laughs) you. I like how this story involves like two thirty to forty dollar costumes to get two pieces of candy that are like three shush. bucks. You shush. <laughs> uh, you leave you leave me and my nine year old brain out of this, all right? <laughs> it made sense to me at the time. <laughs> but that's yeah, great. I mean I would, I would reward it. Even if I did know the kid, like you spent another thirty dollars for this, you you deserve it. And the thing is, we'd always stick to our own neighborhoods because we knew them. Like, there was the whole thing where it's like, oh, you got to go to the rich neighborhood. But that didn't necessarily mean you were going to get better candy. Just because it was they were nicer houses. In fact, half the time, if they were nicer houses, they were... Because, again, in North Jersey, these were a lot of business associates who would work in New York City or in more suburban areas. Some of them weren't even home when we were going out trick-or-treating. 
That's true. <laughs> Did you have the system where, like, if the light was on, it was okay to go? If the light was off, you just avoid that house? Like, uh, the porch uh, light? Or is that a Florida thing? No, because that, that's that's a thing up here in Pennsylvania, too. In fact, they encourage us in our neighborhood here because I'm in a townhouse complex and there's a lot of townhouses. So they encourage us, if we're doing Halloween, to put our porch light on so that way people know that that's the house to go to. And if you don't want trick-or-treaters, you just turn the porch light off. Um, I don't remember if that was a thing or not, but I do remember when we went on our own, I think we would, if the house looked completely dark, we just wouldn't bother. But if the house was pretty lit up, we would go to it. So I don't remember that being a rule that we were necessarily invoking. But I do remember instinctively we would go to the best lit houses or the ones with the decorations. Because right. we knew those were the houses that were participating. Yeah. You're not going to decorate kinda, for Halloween and then not give out candy. Yeah. It, it was kind of weird, like, in Florida. Because <sighs> during Halloween, that's when we really figured out where the bad neighbors uh bad neighborhoods were uh so there's a lot more subdivisions i guess or like uh uh what do you call it just different neighborhoods different apartment complexes and they're like back to back and there's certain ones that we realize okay just don't go here because you're more likely to get shot than get candy um (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't have that problem in my town (laughs) yeah i mean I, i i didn't grow up in a Ter- like it's not it's not like i grew up in the hood right or the projects or anything like that but it wasn't necessarily 100 percent nice uh, but i think what did it in for me at a certain age i think i was around like 10 we, we figured out that we could just go to the mall so we went trick-or-treating at the mall because it was safer that way because this was about like around the time where uh it was 1995 right so I, if I was 10, it was 1995. So there was a big gang problem, gun violence, and just racial injustice, which I feel like hasn't really changed at all, but whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're, <laughs> um, you're not wrong. So uh, a lot of it was just like, you know, a lot of these companies like um, Toys R Us and uh, EB games and I'm mentioning companies that no longer exist for a reason. Sears, uh, they all got together and they're like, Hey, we'll do trick or treating at the mall. So you can go to the mall and just, you know, be safe. It's nicely lit. You get your candy. Uh, it's a public area. We already have security on board. It's air conditioned. Uh, and that was probably the most important thing. Uh, as a kid, I feel like the heat didn't bother me much. Uh, uh, until I hit puberty. You <laughs> that's know? so funny because that's a that's such a Florida problem because for us in North New Jersey in the mountains, by October 31st, it could get really effing cold. Sometimes uh. it snowed. <laughs> Sometimes we actually <laughs> have snow that early. So most of the time we were trying to come up with costumes that we could be freaking warm in. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, not in Florida. Not in Florida. It was just like, okay, what am I today? I guess I'm going to be a ninja, except I'm going to use my shirt and I'm going to go shirtless. So <laughs> uh, oh that's another thing. Costumes. Like, you, have you ever dressed up as anything fancy? Too fancy. Halloween, I usually kept it pretty simple. Um, I remember one year I just went as a magician. That was kind of cool because I had the cape and the magic wand and everything and the, the little top hat. Um, I did the... I did the executioner a lot. 
because I had the toy axe. So I would have like the mask, the, like the hood and everything. They were usually, yeah, because like I said, I usually went with a lot of stuff that involved a lot of black. Of course, I did the uh, the sticky stuff or the flashlight so you could you could see me. You know, I wasn't I wasn't dumb. Not that our, our neighborhood had a lot of cars in it at that time, because, you know, it was a closed off neighborhood. Nobody used it for cross traffic. So the only cars were people that lived there and people were really cautious about that stuff. But now that's basically what I, what I usually stuck with. I, I did the ninja the one year. That one was that one was pretty easy. I feel like that's but a yeah, staple. Everyone does yeah. the ninja. Everybody does ninja one year. I always tried to be different every year. But I don't remember ever being, like, overly creative. I got more creative when I would get older and actually go to, to Mickey's Not So Scary and do trick-or-treating there. That's when I got a little more creative. Oh, I, I did the gangster a bunch of years. But that was because the gangster was really easy because I could wear – basically just put on nice clothes with – make sure you got, like, the vest on and everything. And you'd put on the fedora. And you yeah. look like a gangster. Thanks, an, an easy go-to comes an easy go-to costume because you can do most of my stuff was DIY. I didn't go crazy at the store buying stuff. I bought a store brand costume. I bought the the Jack Sparrow costume the one year, and I really liked how it looked, but it was very uncomfortable. And it's not like you can just rewear that stuff, right? And that was another thing I used to do. I used to come up with costumes based on stuff that I wouldn't, I could easily duplicate. I did the Taurus the one year. I had the I had the white shirt with the Hawaiian shirt over it, right? Unbuttoned mm-hmm. Hawaiian shirt. I had a I had a straw hat. I put the zinc on my nose, so my nose was completely white. I had a This is really funny. I had the flip sunglasses on my regular glasses because I was still wearing glasses at the time, so I had the little sunglasses thing that you could attach and flip up. And oh, that actually gotcha. helped enhance the costume. <laughs> <laughs> and I had that was a. Uh, I don't. I didn't have sandals, but I had some kind of like a like a slip on shoe, and I had my socks pulled up as high as they could go, and I had like. I think I just wore my bathing suit trunks, if I remember correctly. It was warm enough to do it that year, which is why it worked. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I went as a lifeguard one year, and I actually had to wear like flesh colored pants and shirt because it was freezing. So I could still look like a lifeguard. Huh. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, I, I never really, I feel like all I've done was the ninja, I, I guess twice if you count the scorpion costume, because I did scorpion from Mortal Kombat one year. Get over here. Yeah, uh, man, it was fucking awesome. The vest was like, it was plastic, but it was so cool. <laughs> uh, and then I did the generic vampire a couple of times. Yeah. I think the thing is like when you're a kid and you're trick or treating, right? Like you outgrow your costume by the next Halloween. Right. That was always a problem too. Yeah. Uh and then I don't know. I think like <laughs> I didn't stop trick or treating until like I was 14 or something like that. But I'm at, sorry, at, I have to say this. As an what? adult, I outgrow my costumes now because I like to eat. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a <laughs> we're outgrowing our costumes but now it's it's horizontal <laughs> oh, I'm sorry man. please continue <laughs> um so yeah I, I i feel like i i trick-or-treated way until i was like 14 15 or something like that uh, but i 
it stopped being kid trick-or-treating for me after like age 11 from like 12 to 15 it was just me like hanging out with my friends getting candy um yeah that's yeah. when i got big on the masks because i didn't <clears throat> i felt kind of embarrassed to be like in high school going trick-or-treating but i still wanted to so i would just put on a, a full costume with a mask and then nobody could tell how old you are you know some kids are big dude that's true. Some kids are freaking big, and I'm not. I'm not a tall guy. I'm only five eight, so I could still kind of get away with it. Hey, and you're I taller did. than me. Yeah, you, know, you just you just do your thing, man. Just right. And that's the other thing. I I'm now at that mindset. Anybody who comes to my door trick or treating, I'm gonna give them candy. I don't care how old the kid looks. They're never. You're never too old to trick or treat. Not at our house. So what what candy are you gonna be? Actually, two questions. Two two questions. What candy were you looking forward to the most as a kid, and what candy are you going to be handing out now? Ah, that's a great question. Uh, let me let me answer the second one first because that's the easy one. Usually, what we do is we'll get a thing of like Reese's peanut butter cups and Kit Kats because Reese's are my favorite and Kit Kats are Shannon's favorite. That way, we can still enjoy the leftovers. But we usually also have like a fruit candy too. Like we'll get like the Skittles and Starburst pack because we like those as well. But we use that as the alternative in case any kids have a peanut allergy. So if they can't have the chocolate, which would be the issue, we still got the fruit option. And we kind of let the kid kind of, kind of choose. Like I, I'll let the kid have one of each. Be like, cause like, Hey, how you, how you doing? You know, what, what sounds good to you? Kind of give them the little option. So that's pretty easy. And that was usually the stuff I did look the most forward to. I was always a big Butterfinger kid. So I loved my Butterfingers and I would save those for last. I would always, because I would sort my candy, right? And I'd I'd eat the the stuff I didn't really care about first. So all the good stuff was saved till the very end. And I I remember that. Yeah, Butterfingers and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups were always at the end. Those were always, always my favorites. I always loved the Skittles. I love Starburst. Um, and as far as what I look forward to getting, I really don't think I there was one. I'll be honest. I don't think there's one thing in particular I would look forward to. I think I really mostly look forward to the variety of choices that I had. I think that was the big thing for me was I loved being like, oh, man, I got M&Ms and Three Musketeers and Snickers and Milky Ways. And like, this is awesome. And I always wanted to make sure I had a good variety. Because yeah. how uh, a lot of that candy you don't eat th- the rest of the year. You don't uh, you don't just go to the candy aisle now and get a box of nerds, right? But you had I them mean, for Halloween. If I if I if I walk by and I see a box of nerds, I'm probably gonna pick it up. But I'm never in that section. There's no reason for me to go to that section anymore. Yeah, well, I got the uh, CVS that I can walk to. They put the candy aisle right at the. I, I never get any candy, but it's always there, and I'm always looking oh, at it. Right out front, right after the checkout. Yeah, Those tricky fucks. They know what's and up. And then you would get the you would get the stuff that you would never see any other time, like cowtails, whoppers, peeps. Like, there would always. <laughs> I never got those. Really, you never got a peep for for trick or treating. No, I don't think so. Really. Well, I guess it's so, I, I, probably another Florida thing. Dude, we got – because <sighs> Christmas and started October 1st. 
It didn't end <laughs> until like December, but it started October 1st. So you always had Christmas and Halloween together. And then I'm once okay Halloween was over, you had Christmas and Thanksgiving together. And then once, you know, Thanksgiving ended, you'd have Christmas, New Year's together. <laughs> or Christmas but, and Valentine's Day, because that stuff would come or, out really early too. Yeah. But like it was all, uh, you always got like peeps and candy corn were always next to each other. And I never really liked either one of them. Candy corn I used to like. I don't know. I had a weird taste as a kid. And then something happened. I was like. I don't uh, I don't hate ever- candy corn. But I'm not going out of my way to get candy corn. Right. It's not like it's disgusting. I'll never eat it. But every every year I find myself going, you know what? Maybe they got it this year. Maybe my taste buds. Because your taste buds change. Right? So Absolutely. I'll always try it. And I'll be like, nah. All right. But my go-to is candies as a kid. There was three. The Reese's Pieces. Uh, uh, Reese's itself. Yes. And the Snickers. And the ones that I was always looking forward to, because it's just the way it is sometimes, was the king-size Snickers bars. Now, Snickers is not my favorite out of that list. It's Reese's, then Reese's Pieces, and then the Snickers bar. However, the Reese's and the Reese's Pieces always come in these standard little you know thanksgiving packages or not thanksgiving halloween packages (coughs) but sometimes you would get that snickers bar in that king size oh my god it's like hitting the lotto on on one of those slot machines it it, it totally is yeah the uh (laughs) getting like a full bag of m&ms right those were yeah that was those were the best houses and it, thanks to trick or treating, I discovered other candy that I ended up really liking. Like I really now like hundred grands. I really like that candy, and I discovered them through trick or treating. So I was like, "What is this?" And then I ate it. And I'm like, "This is amazing! I want another one." That's how I discovered Milky Way. Yeah, I like Milky Ways. Yep. Uh, I also discovered Payday. Payday's are have- okay. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of peanuts that are not butter. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good way to word that, right? Yeah. Like, just peanuts in general. I mean, I'll eat a payday. It's not, But again, it's not a go-to. Uh, that's how I discovered Three Musketeers. I just, I decided I really like those. Oh, the Three Musketeers are oh, so good. I forgot about that's that. That's how man. I discovered I like York Peppermint Patties through trick-or-treating. I And I, I love York Peppermint Patties now. I haven't had one. I've never had a York peppermint patty. So my old hotel general manager loved them and would just keep a surplus of them on hand. He would just buy one of those big containers and would just put it in there. He's just like, they're for everybody, but they're really for me. (laughs) And yeah, I had a couple of York peppermint patties every now and again. I'll tell you that. Wow. I definitely had a handful of York peppermint patties. Um, Like speaking of candy that I discovered, that was also how I discovered... um, the peanut M&M's. Hmm. I've never had a peanut M&M until Halloween. I like peanut M&M's. Oh, I love peanut M&M's. They're my favorite. If I had to choose between just normal M&M's and the peanut ones, I'm getting the peanut ones. I like the but peanut like, butter M&M's. Oh, those I are haven't tried so those good. yet. They're they had so the um, salted pretzel ones. Those are okay. I, I like the crispy M&M the best. <clears throat> And then they kind of, they got rid of it, but then they brought it back and I was really happy that they did because that one I thought was really good. 
Oh, man. We're, we're on food again. Are we hungry? I, I think we're hungry. I'm starving <laughs> now. How does this I'll always watch. happen? <laughs> Where's the, let's, let's throw an Aqua Teen reference in here. MC, MC Chris is MCP pants. I want candy. Bubblegum and toffee. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that's another candy I, dis- I determined I ended up liking were Heath bars. They're, they're English toffee. But it's, they're really good. I, I, I never was a big toffee guy, but I ended up really liking them. You know, so I'm not gonna um... go ahead. Okay, I got it. I got one. What's the worst candy? The worst candy. Worst candy. Worst candy. Or, or the worst thing you could get trick or treating was the the thing that always would piss you off when you would get it. Oh, I have to think about this. I mean, I, if it's food, I, I'll probably eat it. But I, I would. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I have candy I don't prefer. I don't like Almond Joy. I actually prefer Mounds to Almond Joy because I think that what um, kills me for Almond Joy is that they only have one big almond in it. And I don't know. That doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like there should be more almonds. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I like coconut and dark chocolate as a combo, so I don't mind Mound Bars. Um. Okay. So I'm not going to get into a thing with this, but I am going to tell you the worst thing I ever received as a trick-or-treat item was a religious pamphlet. Oh my, yes. <laughs> it was, yeah. You can't were, eat that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, exactly. What, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> right into the trash is where that went. Oh, uh, I remember just, I was not, I was not happy with that one. Um, I, I got I a like, lot, man. I don't like getting chips as a trick or treat thing. I want I never candy trick or treating, and you get like the little the little fun bags of chips every now and again. I wasn't a fan of that though. I prefer my candy. I, I didn't want, like I want you know sweets. what. I'm gonna have to go with jelly beans, man. I didn't like getting jelly beans. Yeah, I like every- jelly beans, but I associate that as like an Easter thing, so I don't want them in October. Right. Like I was fine with everything else, like Jolly Ranchers and uh, Starburst and like, Skittles. Ranchers. Yeah, like all that is fine, but like Jelly Beans, mm, I, 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 that's the probably the worst thing that I got. It's just Jelly Beans. But you already uh, know I, I don't like Jelly Beans. What was um? Oh, those uh, I I know uh, those Styrofoam. They they look like Styrofoam packing peanuts, but they're. Circus peanuts. I hated those things. Never had them. I, I I was like, is am I eating styrofoam right now? Is this a packing peanut? What am I eating? I know some people who like them, but ugh, I think they're ugh, just terrible. You know what I actually did enjoy getting? I didn't get them too often, but every once in a while, I would get one of those candy cigarettes. Mm, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of those. Oh, my God. Candy cigarettes and pixie sticks. That's pixie where it was sticks. at. Okay, I like... <laughs> I do like pixie sticks. Did you ever see The Simpsons when they uh, the Flanders kids aren't allowed to have sugar and they Bart sneaks off with Rod and Todd? He's like, come on, guys, try it. It's like, we're not allowed to have sugar. There's no sugar in pixie sticks. So the little, <laughs> like, quiet religious kids start eating the pixie stick. They're like, give me the damn sugar. I want the damn sugar. And they start f- fist fighting and Bart is just sitting there, like, rubbing his hands together. <laughs> I can't <laughs> <rub his> hands. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh, uh, another another thing I always hated getting was um, black licorice. Anything with black licorice. I was never a licorice guy. And I used to give all that stuff to my dad because he loved black licorice. See, I never get any of that that, stuff. Yeah, anything like that that I got, I would I would just give that stuff away. Uh, I mean, like I like you said there, I can't think of like bad candy. So, again, I'm going to I'm going to reach out again to our community here and give us some feedback, guys, on what some of your favorite and least favorite candies are. We'll read them on the next episode. We'll uh, we'll have a discussion there. But yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, the other uh, the other Katie comment was that Reese's are the best, and that is that is a fact. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Everybody knows that. <laughs> now I have a big association with Reese's peanut butter cups because people know I'm friggin' obsessed with them. And I remember I shocked a hell of a lot of people when I told them it was actually only my number two candy, and they're like, "What? That's not possible. You love Reese's? I do. There's just something I love more than them. I just don't eat it as often." Because it's kind of it's kind of really just bad for your teeth and obnoxious to eat, but it's my was, favorite case of candy. And that's I was gonna make beer. I was gonna make an inappropriate comment, but yeah, no, okay. you will not. <laughs> you will not say what I think you're gonna say. <laughs> What's that stuff we used to eat back in the day? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Okay, I got I got one. Gummy candy. Do you like the bears or the worms? Uh, bears. You it's like just easier bear? to yeah. It's just easier to maneuver and kind of hold. You know, you can sneak a bear. You can't sneak a worm. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I I used to love the sour gummy worms. The I sour, loved those. Yeah, the sour gummy bears and worms are. are I like the sour patch kids. Not a thing. I about do like sour, sour patch, patch kids. kids. Yeah. I like the commercials where the little the little punk candy is being an ass, and then it's like first it's uh-huh. sour as it like spills the drink on the guy. It's like, but then they're sweet. He offers him another one. Like, oh thanks, <laughs> yeah, thanks. I mean, there was nothing wrong with the first drink, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. uh, sour heads. I I actually love mm. sour heads. Those were not not what? too big, not too big on those, but. Oh, really? I, I can understand they, that. It was them, and then there was one that was supposed to be super spicy. I can't remember what it was called. It was like Atomic something. Atomic Fireballs. Is it a Fireball? Okay, Atomic yeah. Fireball. I have, a, I have a story about the Atomic Fireball. I used to go to summer camp every year in Scouts. You'd go for a week, and we they had the trading post. We would all go get candy there every now and again. You know, because we're kids. We're, of course, we're going to go grab some candy with our couple of bucks that we brought with us. And... Yeah. There was the one older scout who was always trying to bum money off the young kids, right? I want to go get something. Give me some money. I'll, I'll, you know, always trying to trying to be like that, and we would never oblige. And then one day, my buddy Ian, Ian, if you're listening to this, uh, I miss you, buddy, my old best friend from like back in elementary school. Uh, Ian goes, he goes, hey man, can I have some change for candy? Ian goes, sure, and he gives him a nickel. And he goes, I can't buy anything with a nickel. He's like, sure you can. Atomic fireballs are a nickel in there. Well, I don't like atomic fireballs. And Ian goes, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me for money. That's what I'm giving you. Now you can go turn that into candy or you can shut up about it. <laughs> oh, man. You can't get right, it. I, you can't get anything for a nickel anymore. No, you cannot. I don't think you can get anything for a quarter anymore. 
Maybe you can. You know what I don't actually like, and I've never liked it, is gum. I've never been a gum person. I don't like I don't like having to chew something and then spit it back out. Yeah. I want to eat. I actually candy. agree with you. I agree with you on that one. I I can I'll eat a piece of gum every now and again. Like if I feel like if I if if I feel like my breath is kind of bad and I just feel I just yes. want like a minty thing, I'll 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 eat a piece of gum. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have mint, I like to buy those uh Oh god, I can't even they're they're just like mint Altoids. Not Altoids. Uh they actually they they don't burn when you eat them. Oh, Tic Tacs. <laughs> Not even Tic Tacs. I'm trying to remember what they're called. They're like they're like a little round container. Rock and some of them the have icebreakers. Yes, thank you. I was completely blanking on that. Yeah, I like I because you can you can eat them, but yeah, you can suck on them for a while. They last for a decent amount of time. That's what she said. Um, but like, um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I don't like gum unless it's mint, and I only use it because I it's probably been a while since I brushed my teeth or I ate something that I know smells really bad. And you just want to, you just want to feel fresh. Yeah. Yeah. You get that feeling where your mouth just feels dirty and you're just like, screw it. I'm going to just, Hey, you got a piece of gum. Let me bump. Let me bum some gum. That that's it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> to me, it's more of a cleaning thing. I don't like gum. Uh, yeah. It's not something that I would go out unless I know uh, like it's going to be a long road trip or we just had a, a bunch of onions. That That's pretty much it. <laughs> there you go. So are, are there, there any go. movies that you like watch? I know we, we're going to do yeah, more for Christmas a, stuff. But I, got, I, figured... I, got a, I got a little bit of a list. Um, and we'll do some feedback here from the people because they sent in some of theirs. My go-to every year, without fail, and I do it every year, is always Nightmare Before Christmas. That is yes. the first priority movie. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas. I would even wager that if I actually did list out my favorite movies of all time, it might crack the top ten. I love it that much. And it's so good. I love Halloween just as much as I love Christmas. I actually don't have a preference. And I know everybody, there's like a, a fight about that. Nope, I love them both. And this is the perfect bridge movie. One of the only bridge movies I think that's ever been done to combine those two holidays. Other than like a Harry Potter film where, you know, there's a troll in the dungeon on Halloween and then there's a snowball fight at Christmas, right? Like, you don't ever get Halloween and Christmas together, but you do yeah. unless you're, unless it's a, oh, I'll, I'll mention this. The Disney version of Doug did a Halloween episode that the, uh, the foreign kid Fent truck, or I think that was his name, Fent truck, something like that. He, he wanted them to celebrate a traditional Halloween in his, or a traditional Christmas in his country. I'm sorry. It was the Christmas special. And, in his country, Christmas is dressing up in costumes and bobbing for apples and going around getting candy. Like, that's just Halloween. He goes, no, man, it's Christmas in my country. Oh, my God. I was like, this is so ass backwards, but it was kind of funny at the same time. But, yeah, go-to is always going to be Nightmare Before Christmas. I will always sit down and watch that. I love it. I love the music. I love the animation. It's so groundbreaking as a stop motion animation film. It doesn't look hokey. Tim Burton totally outdid himself. He created this whole world. As a result, it still holds up even today. I feel like that's the the benefit of stop go animation. <clears throat> it's like that those those kind of things hold up. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you. There's only two scenes in the whole movie that run at real time. Do you know what they are, Eric? Uh, no, because it's actually been a while. It's when been a while since Sally, I've seen that movie. When Sally poisons the soup to knock out Dr. Finkelstein, and she pulls the soup out, and you can see that it's got the holes in it, the spoon, so it'll uh, it'll go right out so she won't actually drink any of it. That's shot in real time because of the water pouring in. Okay. That, and when Oogie is defeated and the bugs fall into the vat, the bugs falling in is shot at normal speed. They're the only two scenes in the whole movie that, that do that. It's a little, just a little fun piece of trivia about that movie. I love that freaking movie. I love this. I love the soundtrack so much. And I like the Marilyn Manson cover of This Is Halloween. And I absolutely love Amy Lee's rendition of Sally's song, which is super chilling because Amy Lee is just a goddess. I had a big crush on Amy Lee. Had? (laughs) Still do. Okay. (laughs) All right. Call it out. I did. I just did. But yeah, I'd say Nightmare Before Christmas is the number one go-to. Um, this is the time of year when I'll get a little back into into watching horror movies. Like I said, I'm not I'm not an avid horror fan like lots of people are. I know you're not. But if I'm going to sit down and watch a scary movie, this is the time of year to do it. One of my all-time favorites is the original 1978 Halloween by John Carpenter. It, it's a perfect example of a less is more type of film. There's no real jump scares or and there's absolutely no gore. I don't even think there's any blood in it. Everything is done based on psychological and the fact that he's stalking this girl and he's just there is what all the fear is based on, that he's there. And then one minute he's not. They base all of it on that and that he's just deranged. And I think atmosphere trumps jump scares and gore every time and they got the synthesizer music everybody knows the iconic halloween theme it's so freaking iconic and i think there's only five or six actual deaths in the movie they don't even go nuts on the killing spree because they didn't have to they told their story it is brilliant and then of course friday the 13th had all the gore in it in part one because that was a direct response to halloween not having it they're like well screw it We'll have blood. We're going to skewer Kevin Bacon, and there's going to be lots of blood when we do it. And they did. And I like the Friday the 13th series. I really like part two and part six. Um, Eight, nine, and ten are three of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. So I just don't ever want to watch those again. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street is a lot of fun. I haven't seen all of them before. But I really, if you're going to, I don't have time to just sit down and watch entire series, right? So I I pick and choose the good stuff from it. And I think my favorite Nightmare movie is part three, The Dream Warriors, which is the the actual, like, the center where the kids are taking the medicine so they won't dream. And Freddy finds a way to infiltrate. But then they discover that they can go into the dreams and control their destiny and get basically get superpowers to fight him. Yeah. It's well done. It's got good scares, good atmosphere, and it was when they started 
pushing Freddie into that comedic role. So it's funny, but not so cheesy over the top like when they would do the later Freddie stuff where he was just a comedian the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I, I um, tend to watch like Gremlins around this time. Gremlins and Child's Play. So you think Gremlins fits Halloween more than Christmas? Because I actually I, watch Gremlins at Christmas time. I watch Gremlins like whenever. If Gremlins is on TV, I'm watching Gremlins. You should this watch is it around for Columbus the time. Day because Chris Columbus, Columbus directed it. <laughs> oh my God. Make sure you but watch like, the Goonies too. Oh, you know what? I haven't watched the Goonies in a long time. I probably will watch it. I don't know. I'm like since I'm not a big on horror movies, I just kind of either watch movies that I enjoyed as a kid. So this is around the time that I would watch Gremlins, like Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, it's been a while since I watched Nightmare Before Christmas, but that's another one that I would watch. There's nothing like Halloween specific that I would watch around this time. By the way, I watch Nightmare Before Christmas at least twice a year. I will watch it again in December. 100% oh. every time. <laughs> um, okay, this is not going to be a popular opinion among the horror fans out there, but I'm just going to say this now. I hate the Child's Play movies. I am not scared of something that I could kick the shit out of personally. So that does not intimidate me. I know there's a big fear among people about like dolls coming to life and trying to kill you, but it never did it for me. I never found Chucky as an interesting character. I but actually his hair enjoy- grows, man. His hair grows. Okay. <laughs> but I, I didn't mind Bride of Chucky. I appreciated that for the humor behind it, especially because they had Jennifer Tilly in it, which I think helped a lot. But I love that she would call him out on being unoriginal, like that scene in the, where they're like the couples having sex and they got the mirror above them. And she's like, what are you going to do? Just stab him? You have no creativity. Watch this. And she like shatters the mirror and it friggin chops the people up. Like, I liked that. I thought I thought it was funny and I thought it was clever that like. The whole concept was kind of mocking the horror tropes, right? Like, you have no creativity. All you do is the same shit. Watch what I do. And then he's like, ah, oh, this is better. I like this. And I like you. And it worked. <laughs> For what it was, it worked. Um, uh, I don't watch a lot of horror remakes because for the most part, they piss me off. I don't consider the 2009 Friday the 13th movie a remake. I think it's basically a retelling, but I actually enjoyed that. I have not seen the Nightmare remake. I refuse to because it's not Robert Englund as Freddy, and I don't want to see that. People are like, oh, but they flesh out his backstory and they focus on him being a pedophile. Yeah, no, I don't care. That's not. But but the actor was originally going to play Freddy, so it's a full circle thing. I don't care. Stop trying to make me watch it. I don't want to. Or, uh, actually, I'm going to change that this year because I've been talking about doing this for like three years now and I haven't done it. I'm going to just flat out watch those Rob Zombie Halloween movies this year. I'm going to get it done with and I'm going to formulate my own opinion because I've heard they go one of two ways. One, it's either the best version of it or it's so horrible and it never should have been done and Rob Zombie's terrible for doing it. I don't know which one of those I'm going to fall in. But I have I have to find out now. I so. feel like you'll fall somewhere in between. I feel like it's you'll be like ah, I appreciate what it is, but it's not the original stuff. Like that's what I normally feel about any kind of remake. 
Yeah. Some remakes, we could do a whole episode on remakes that sometimes outdid their predecessor, because there's a couple of examples. Yeah. Um, One off the top of my head was the producers. When they remade that with the Broadway cast and incorporated the songs, I ended up liking it more than the original. So that's that's an example. Um, As far as other horror stuff, uh, I absolutely hated The Blair Witch Project. I hated Paranormal Activity. I appreciated and respected them for what they did and the fact that they made so much money on a simple concept, but I just didn't like, I liked the concept, but I didn't like the execution. Right. Um, I, it's because, I think it's because we're so used to a, a structured movie system, like style, that the fact that we go to a found footage style is it, kind of a little. Yeah. I think the found footage genre has its place, but. I think there's more bad than good out there. I am yeah. in the very, very big minority of somebody who loved Cloverfield. But that's one of those movies where I loved it. But if you didn't, oh, I get it. I 100% get it. And I'm not taking that away from you. There's one with super, uh, what's it called? Like the superhero genre? Yes. You know what I'm the kids who discover superpowers. Uh, yeah. I, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, that one was actually pretty good, but it's a mix. It's a mix of traditional and found footage. Chronicle is the name of the film. Is it? Chronicle. Yep. It's basically what would what would kids do if they had superpowers and how immature would they be? Yeah, it's basically what it is. And I I thought it was I thought it was fun for the most part, but not. Uh, I, it's another one where I don't really like go back too heavy on it. Um, I really enjoyed Into the Storm, although I think they focused too much on the found footage parts of it. But I'm also a sucker for disaster movies. We'll save that for another time. You know what I absolutely did love, though? And I'll, I'll tell you something that I loved way more than the original. I can't even watch the original anymore as a result of this. It. I haven't Both seen parts. the new one. I haven't seen the new one. I, I preferred part one to part two, but I, oh my God, I thought it was brilliantly done. Now, the only thing I liked about the original was Tim Curry, but Skarsgård does not play that character for laughs. He plays it like a creepy psychopath and it worked for me. I freaking loved it. I absolutely loved that movie. I remember I was actually blown away by how much I liked the first one to the point where I was hyped to watch the second one. And then they start announcing the cast. I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect casting. They, they're going above and beyond to make this exactly the way it is. And I can't go back and watch the original now. Cause now it just drags for me. And uh, I can't, that's a problem past. with older movies. You, you remember, um, killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It's <laughs> that's one of the best worst movies out there. Yeah. It's so cheese-tastic. Cheese-tastic. It's so freaking... You know what? I don't have a clown phobia, but I can understand if you developed one by watching that movie. Those are some pretty creepy-ass clowns. <laughs> uh, creepy-ass clowns in that movie. Yeah, Killer Clowns. Killer Clowns was a good time. That was a, that was a fun one. Have you ever seen The Giant Claw? The Giant Claw. No, it doesn't it's, sound familiar. It's, 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 it's an old black and white horror movie. 
and it's a giant antimatter space buzzard who comes to Earth and terrorizes people. It's just a giant bird, and it looks so goofy. But the movie's just so good because it's so stupid. So stupid. You know what I'm going to watch this year? Little Shop of Horrors. That's a classic. That's a classic. Rick Moranis, I'm so glad you're coming back to the forefront again. Little Shop of Horrors is great. It's fun. It's funny. It's, uh... Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Okay, I got I got one for you. Not something that isn't straight up like horror or slasher, but is just a pure ass horror movie because it's freaking terrifying. Is Alien? Yeah, I'd watch that. I actually make that part of my Halloween. I would make that part of my Halloween watch list. I think that movie is horrifying when you think about the concept of it. Like. Just being trapped in this little there you there's nowhere to go. You are trapped. You cannot escape. And you are dealing with this freaking xenomorph. That movie yeah. is it's claustrophobic. And it's got one of the best. Cause you know how every horror movie has the trope where you think it's over, but it's not? That has the best one in it with John Hurt. Where you think it's all over and then, oh my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, and then they do that again in Spaceballs. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> uh, al- yeah, aliens are straight up. Alien is straight up horror. Uh, Jaws. Jaws will make a lot of people afraid to go in the ocean. Another perfect example of what what you're not seeing is is more terrifying than yeah. what you are. Seeing. Great movie, but you already know how I feel about that. It's just like it's so easy to avoid. It's just don't. Go hey, to look, I'm the on the ocean. beach. What you going to do now, shark? Huh? <laughs> oh, and crap. It's in a tornado. <laughs> I, you know, at a first. tornado just goes in, picks up the shark. It's like, yeah, what now? At first, when I first saw the movie and they announced like, oh, hey, there's been shark attacks at the beach. And I saw people at the beach. I'm like, there's no way people are that stupid where even though they know they're sharks, they would still go swimming in it. And now, I mean. Issues of today remind me that people are that stupid. Just so, gestures wildly <laughs> around you. Yeah, I just look around. I'm like, okay, it's plausible. That's yep. What if Mayor mm. would be so stupid to actually open the? Never mind. Remember the movie? <laughs> uh, what's it called? Idiocracy or something like that? I've never seen it, but I'm familiar with it. Oh my god, it's it, you need to watch it because at this point, I'm just like, all right, yeah, I can see how that happens. Yeah. Uh, how about a, how about more paranormal type stuff? I love The Shining. I know it's not like the book, but I love that movie. It's a great psychological thriller with Jack Nicholson just going nuts. Uh, yeah. I'd like The Shining. I think if we're going to add paranormal stuff, I would add Ghostbusters to the list. Not horror. That's a tradition. That's a tradition of mine. Every year, watch Ghostbusters. Every year? Okay, yeah. Every year. I have a, you know I what have we a, should do for the next episode? What we should do is we should both look up like five movies that we would watch during Halloween and just present it to uh, to you guys so you can see if like, hey, yeah, I would agree with that. Like I would watch that even if it's not horror, right? We'll just bring five movies each that we'll have 10 total and hopefully they don't overlap. Maybe they will. Uh, and then we'll just present it. 
<laughs> and then you guys can tell us what you uh, think I about have, it. I, I can actually give you my five right now. You can give me your five next week. I can give you my five right now. Okay, Nightmare go for before, it. Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Ghostbusters. Okay. Shaun of the Dead. <sighs> Fuck. Ours Shaun? are going to overlap a lot, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go. Uh, the Shining. All right. And this will throw some people off, but I, I associate it as being kind of terrifying because it's got its moments. Jurassic Park. Okay. This is the perfect time of year to rewatch Jurassic Park because tell me right now that the T-Rex breaking out of the pen and the raptor stalking the kids in the kitchen is not ripped right out of horror stuff. Those are uh, genuine. Yeah. Those are genuine out of edgier seat moments that they do there. The slow yeah. buildup and everything. The Jeep almost falling off. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me that that absolutely did not happen, right? Like, like that, that does not work. Like, you're like, this is not happening. This is not happening. Oh my God, this is happening. Like, <laughs> um, and then I'll give you some, some other stuff that I watch every year. Uh, I will always watch Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. I'll get way into more details on the United We Fan podcast with that, but. I always rewatch a handful of them, specifically three and five, because they three is my favorite and five has my favorite story, which is The Shinning, which is their retelling of The Shining. <laughs> um, I always watch the Garfield Halloween special, which my buddy Chris Wright pointed out is available on YouTube. So, Chris, thank you so much for pointing that one out. A wonderful member of our Club Kayfabe community. Uh, he's a big WrestleTalk fan, very interactive guy good friend of mine and he was like yeah i always watch the garfield halloween special but i don't own it but it's out there on the youtube and it is and it's it's pretty fun if you've never seen it i i suggest giving that one a watch the christmas one's out there too i will watch yeah i will watch the great pumpkin charlie brown every year and laugh every time at i gotta rock (laughs) (laughs) every single time Without fail, I, I wish they'd bring that back. I know they should. At this point, I mean, it's been long. We're re- we're bringing everything else back. Bring that back. There is a later episode of the Rugrats that's kind of a Halloween episode where they're telling they're telling a ghost story, and all the Rugrats are playing characters in the story, like Chucky's the scared boy in the haunted house. Phil and Lil kind of look like they're ripped right out of the Adams Family. Another tradition, by the way. Great stuff there. Adams Family movies. Yep. Um, and Beetlejuice, too. Got to throw him in real quick. And Damn. Yeah, and, I don't have enough. any five now. Now I have none. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, I have to do that next week. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, and uh, Tommy Pickles is the little ghost, like Casper. He's a little friendly ghost. And then... Angelica's the evil witch going after them. And then they uh they open they're like, are there monsters in this room? And they open up a door, and on the other side of the door is Ickis Crum and Oblina who are watching the episode of Rugrats at that moment that they open the door, and they all turn around and scream. <laughs> and I freaking I popped. It's like, oh my god, those are the real monsters. Oh man. They need to bring that back too. I know. I own the series on DVD. 
And it's just, I think, I actually think it holds up pretty well. It's goofy at times, but I, I think the concept was phenomenal. Another show that takes place in Jersey because that landfill, leave your jokes out of this, is in Newark. <laughs> and Ickes points that out on more than one occasion, that he's going to be the most terrifying monster in Newark. And I remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, did I hear him correctly? <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're in Jersey. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to the best Nicktoon Halloween episode. And that was Doug's Halloween Adventure, season four, episode four. And if you have Hulu, Doug is on there. So you can watch this. Oh, where okay. Doug and Skeeter go to Bloodstone Manor. It's this Halloween attraction at their funky town theme park. And it's basically it's it's like going through a Horror Nights thing. It's a it's a giant interactive haunted house. And it's supposed to be a super terrifying attraction. And they're in line for it. And it takes forever to get there. Because Doug is so scared to go that he's just distracting and holding them up from actually going. And then they close the attraction down and they don't get in. But uh, they notice that the door is still open. So Doug, Skeeter, and Roger all sneak onto it and they have the experience. And it act- the ride actually ends up terrifying Roger. And then he tries to pull a prank on Doug, but they end up getting him back in a brilliant fashion. It's one of the best Halloween-themed episodes of anything I've ever seen, actually. Doug's Halloween Adventure. It's a really good. It's one of my favorite episodes of Doug in general. Hmm. It's really, really good. I would actually recommend that you that you check it out. And it's brilliant how they get it. They get Roger back, and then it even has an ambiguous ending about paranormal stuff and whether or not. <laughs> and I think like the last scene is they're kind of questioning. Now nah, that didn't really happen, right? Nah. And then as they're walking away, they just go into a full on sprint <laughs> to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's really good. One of my absolute favorites. I'll watch that every year, too. I'll go out of my way to watch that. Um, the uh, and That's another thing, because uh, Simpsons Halloween stuff wasn't always based on horror. Like, they, they will do parodies of whatever they want. But one of the uh, best parodies they ever did was when they did It's the Great Pumpkin, Millhouse. And they did a full-on retelling of the Charlie Brown story with Millhouse's Linus. And they get they cut to the scene where Mil- there, there's the school play and all the characters are doing the Charlie Brown repetitive dancing where they're all dancing, like with the weird, <laughs> the weird motions and everything. Oh, man, <laughs> I loved it. And they've done everything they did. They did Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, with Willie as the groundskeeper. And that one's got a lot of really funny jokes in it and I has think some that's... great that's, I think that's what I like the most about The Simpsons is they literally can just retell a story just using The Simpsons characters and it'd yeah. still be a lot of fun. They took a lot of inspiration from The Twilight Zone. Another fantastic thing to watch in October, by the way. Old Twilight Zone episodes. I, that show was brilliant as hell. And they took a lot of inspiration from that. I mean, they took a lot of inspiration from your standard horror from Amityville to Poltergeist. By the way, I think the original 1982 Poltergeist movie holds up. Oh, yeah. It's a no, rare, it it's totally a rare example of a horror movie or something with a horror genre where there's absolutely no deaths in it. And you didn't need to kill anybody off to be terrifying. You know what was always like uh, what always scared me as a kid? Do you remember Tales of the Crypt? Yes. Yes. The Crypt Keeper. Yes. I loved him. Hello, ghouls. <laughs> My uh, mother liked that show because we actually had HBO growing up and 
That was the only way you really got to watch it. But yeah, it was basically a, a slightly, it was basically an R-rated Twilight Zone. Yeah. But you know what my problem with anthology, anthology shows always was? And yeah. I'll even say that the Goosebumps TV series had this problem. And uh, as much as I absolutely loved Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon, they had the same problem. The problem with anthology series is that you always have a new actor for everything. And they would always get unknown actors who weren't that good. And especially on a show like that where you're using child actors. I remember a very distinct Are You Afraid of the Dark where, like, the kid is trapped in where a bunch of water is going to rush him and get him. And his brother's trying to rescue him. And he looks up at the camera and unleashes the terrifying scream. But he's so obviously laughing that it takes you out of the moment. You're like, oh, really? And I remember just being so annoyed by that. And then when I got older, I realized, you know what? That was the best take that they had. And that means that all the other takes that kid tried to do were just so much worse than that, that they just said, fuck it. We're going with this one. Because we're done dealing with this shit. I can only, yeah, I can see that. But Are You Afraid of the Dark had some genuinely terrifying stuff, too. Like the clown stalking the kid from the funhouse was a good, a good, scary episode. Uh, Watchers Woods was a good, scary episode where he's lost in the woods and the woods are fucking with him. The one with the red nose. Red nose. Yep. Yeah. The clown. Yeah. That'll give you a clown phobia, too. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, oh, my God. The one with the, the creature in the water. The freaking monster in the sw- in the school swimming pool. That was a terrifying I, one, too. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. Look, look that one up if you can find it. I don't remember the actual name of it. But if you look up Are You Afraid of the Dark Pool, you'll probably get it. Uh, and the other thing is like, but the Simpsons anthology episodes, they got to do whatever they wanted and they had fun with it. They got to just kill people off and change personalities and just have a blast. And they would do funny stuff too, that they would spoof. Like they did, they did the Harry Potter one where they're attending uh spring warts and the evil Monty Mort is trying to steal your magical essence. And, and his, uh, his snake companion is Slithers. Which is just Smithers as a snake. <laughs> uh, they did. They did the Twilight parody. Did you ever see that one? Uh no. Yeah, not. they do. They do Twilight, uh, where a, a a new kid comes to Springfield Elementary. It turns out he's a vampire, and he falls <laughs> in love with Lisa. And he's voiced by Daniel Radcliffe, which was the perfect casting choice ever. Wow. <laughs> and then what year was this? Da- uh, the Twilight one was. A more recent episode, I think it might have been Treehouse of Horror number twenty-one. It was it was somewhere in that in that frame. Okay. It's called it's called Tween Light. And they oh, have gosh. like the and they, they do all the, the parody stuff perfectly. But one of my favorite parts is uh they're they're trying to track down where the vampire disappeared to. So it's Homer and Count Dracula, who's his dad, are driving they drive to Dracula La Land. And he, Homer's like, man, this place has every vampire imaginable. And it's got, like, it's got Nosferatu, Elvira. Um, there's Bram Stoker's version of Dracula in there. There's Blackula. And then there's even uh, Count Chocula sitting there eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and they they pull up to a to a very puppet looking vampire who is sucking the life out of a large yellow bird. And they're like, have you seen this? these children? 
Ah, I did. They were sneaking kisses. One kiss. Ah, ah, ah. Two kisses. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm going to make? We'll get their references in there. Another movie I'm going to add to my list. Puppet Master. Ooh. I haven't yeah, seen it in so that, long. Dolls don't work for me, but uh, but I have seen that. I've seen the first one, at least. I don't know if I've seen the sequels. I don't even know. Actually, I don't know if I've seen the first one. I've seen a Puppet Master. Oh, yeah. There, there's like a bunch of them. But yeah. I, I like the original Puppet Master. I thought it was kind of... I didn't think it was scary, per se. I just thought it was... It has a cult feel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because this is this is another huge complaint I have with horror movies and horror movies are so guilty of this. Stop making them. You have ran out of stories. You've exhausted your franchise. Knock it off. Stop it. Just stop it. Really? Friday the 13th part four is the final Friday. (laughs) It was not the final Friday. There's Morgan Freeman. It was not the final Friday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now don't uh, get me just wrong part them. six J- part six jason lives is above and beyond the best friday it's so good but part five and part seven are so lame and then eight with jason takes manhattan sucks nine is the worst one and then jason x is schlocky because it's jason in space but still not good Ugh. Ugh. drives me nuts uh here's a here's a feedback again from katie this is katie's last part of the feedback here one of the movies she really likes is Trick or Treat. You ever seen that? No. Trick or Treat. Okay, I'm going to recommend this. I'm going to recommend this to anybody who hasn't seen it. Go out and watch it. I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it. I think it came out in like 2007, 2008. Um, the villain is Sam. He's a little little guy with a little pat, like a little like kind of pouch on his head. Kind of looks like a little scarecrow type character. But it's an anthology movie. That works in several different stories that intertwine with each other, and it's kind of told out of place. So stuff comes back and reiterates what what else is happening. Follows a couple of different characters. It's um, it's not scary in the the jump scare sense, but it's got some psychological stuff to you, and it's got some really good twists that you do not see coming. You absolutely do not see it coming. You're like, oh my god, that's not where I thought they were going at all. And it's really cleverly done. I would recommend it. Trick or treat. I would actually really recommend that to people. Please try and go out of your way to watch that because I uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Right how much it, yeah. Apparently it's thought, on YouTube for like three bucks. Yeah, it's out there. It's out. You can you can rent it. It's out there. I watched it for the very first time two or three years ago, I think was my first time actually watching it. And I really liked it. I I was actually like sitting back in my chair going, this is good. I can't believe I've never seen this before. This is really good. I'm genuinely liking this. And I want to give a shout out to our buddy, Jeff Trelowitz, who's going to be on the show in a couple weeks here. He says he doesn't have a standard tradition for watching movies, but he tries every week or yeah, every week during October, he tries to watch a new horror movie he's never seen before. That's a good tradition. I like that. Yeah. Because you, you, like you open that. yourself up to new to new possibilities there. And who knows what you're going to discover. And like, like, like I said, trick or treat. That's one I, I really recommend that. I genuinely loved it. Um, what's your opinion on the zombie culture? 
I can't unless it's a unless it's Shaun of the Dead. I don't. I don't. I don't feel zombie movies anymore. That I have. I've been numb to it. I guess. Uh, World War Z. I had like kind of just like you know what? Fuck it. the The only one that I would say gets me every every time that I would watch is Twenty Eight Days Later. It's a good one though. I do like Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, I never, I never saw the second one though. Twenty eight weeks later, twenty eight yeah, days later. Good. I liked the two thousand four Dawn of the Dead remake. I enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but I, I liked it. I thought it was well done. I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is so brilliant. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is so brilliant. It's so it's good. so funny, and I can watch that every single year and i will still crack up laughing so hard all right looks like the coast is clear we don't have any zombies oh there they are <laughs> it just pans over <laughs> there they are and you got i i think you i think anybody can appreciate Shaun of the dead as a as a good parody spoof movie but if you understand british humor it is brilliant it's gold it's it's a it's, good movie, but if you get British humor, like if you like stuff like Monty Python and Black Adder and uh, Mr. Bean, like if if you can watch that stuff and enjoy it, you'll love this. You'll be rolling watching this. It's so hysterical. Oh my god! You can't don't don't throw that one. That one's a classic. <laughs> like everybody makes the go to the Winchester joke and everything and kill the queen, but there's other funny lines too. Don't oh yeah. Oh. The the fact when they start fighting the zombie to don't stop me now. Yes. It's, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the movie's so good, man. Uh oh, here's another one that I kind of overlooked. Leprechaun. Uh All right, <laughs> I I enjoyed the first one for what it was, but I'm also kind of a sucker for Jennifer Aniston. But once you put him in the hood, I was done. And then they put him in space. Did but you know, know what? Yeah, there's one in space. I'll say this, though. I like Warwick Davis, and I appreciate the role that he did. I don't think he's scary. I think he's goofy. It's the Tim Curry it rule. Like, yeah. Tim Curry Pennywise rule. So, but I, I, I didn't enjoy, I didn't really enjoy them that much. And I know that <sighs> WWE Studios put out a remake with Hornswoggle as the Leprechaun, and I just flat out refuse to acknowledge that that exists. Is that the the latest one? Because apparently there's one that was made in 2018. Leprechaun Returns. That might have been it, yeah. I don't know. I don't Dylan Postal is his real name. Or he goes he goes by Hornswoggle was the character name. I I can't imagine that they were any good, because literally the first four Leprechaun movies are only a year apart. It goes nineteen ninety-three, nineteen ninety-four, nineteen ninety-five, nineteen ninety-six. That's a horror mistake right there. Oh, we made we made some money. People enjoyed this. Let's do another one. Oh, people are still paying for it. Let's do another one. There's no quality control, damn it. <laughs> Maybe that's their Halloween tradition. Let's just keep pumping out leprechaun movies. <laughs> I got a I got one. Uh psychological thrillers going back to that Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yes. That's a great movie. Brilliantly acted, too. And I uh, can't. And that's another thing. Okay, so 
I'm not as terrified at paranormal stuff, but anything that's a little too real that could be happening, a psychological thriller sure. like that, that stuff yeah. will get me. Hannibal and Hannibal Lecter, like it's so brilliant where he just disappears into the crowd. I'm having an old friend for dinner. Like that is just the best, the best way to end that because he's just another person out there. I mean, walk through, walk through a city. Take note of all the people you've walked past. There's a chance somebody killed someone. You walked straight past a murderer. Yeah. They killed someone and nobody knows that they killed someone. Uh, and seven, that's another good one. John Doe killing people based on the seven deadly sins. That's a. What that's do you a, think of uh, Hellraiser? Uh, they're fun. I I like uh, I like the original one. Uh, I did not like Detter, which is just a stupid word in general. Hellraiser Detter. Uh, but I like uh, I like Pinhead. I, th- I think he works as a good horror villain, and uh, I would say I would say those are kind of average for me. I don't love them, but I don't have an issue with them. But they're they're good. They're fun. Yeah. I don't know if I can add to that. You know what I don't like? This will this will piss some people off. I didn't really care uh, for the Scream movies. Oh no, that that they, I I could watch the first one, but they didn't need to make more than one. Well, all right. They gave us Sarah Michelle Geller. I'm gonna let that one go. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> My wife actually likes those movies, and she doesn't like anything horror related, but she likes she actually likes the Scream movies. The one. I, I, the one I, horror I movie that I say clever. I think it was clever, but I, it didn't really it didn't really like blow me away or anything like that. Plus, then the ghost face mask was just so overdone that that was one of those things. Then it was everywhere, and you got kind of tired of it. I'm like, oh, I get do, it, ghost face. Do, do you remember the what's that phase? Okay. Hey, yes. Can we please talk about how brilliant Scary Movie was? That oh was so good. <laughs> I love Scary Movie oh my God. so much. So much. I love Scary Movie so much. It's so damn funny. It's so hysterical. <laughs> Especially when he gets high with Shorty. <laughs> oh, Wayne's, shit. Wayne's Brothers made a really good a really good parody film there. And they also parody I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is okay. That's a that's a decent one, I guess. Not again, not a favorite, but nothing against it. I mean, there's, I can't think of any horror movies I straight up hate that I was like I was like, this is garbage. Like we talked about the found footage films, I was like, ugh. Actually, no, wait, that's not true. I got one. Darkness Falls was straight up garbage. Garbage. Darkness movie. Falls. Haven't seen it. So okay, I can probably the tooth skip fairy's it. the villain. There you go. The tooth oh, is that the, the one villain. where you have to stay in the light? Yes. It sucks. It sucks ass. Oh, okay. Don't watch it. I thought it was a, a pretty good concept, at least. Well, well at least the the, the trailers the made it seem like it was a good concept. about Blair Witch Project, it was a good concept. Yeah. I, the one saving grace for Darkness Falls is I didn't pay to see it. Because when we went to the theater, um, there was a oh. bunch of there was a bunch of people there, and the one guy was trying to impress the girls that were with us and paid for everyone's ticket. 
And I wasn't there to flirt or be with anybody. I was just there to hang out. So I didn't care. So that was a saving grace for that movie. There's dark. There's one, one movie, one horror movie that is by far the worst horror movie I've seen. That is Silent Hill. Fortunately, I have not seen that, but I have heard the reputation. Silent Hill, 2006. Wow. Um, Why can nobody make a good video game movie? It can't be that difficult. I feel like it starts off okay, and then the opening ends, and then it gets worse. (laughs) 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 Like... (sighs) It's also really hard to do a movie where there's not supposed to be people around, you know? It's just supposed to be one lost person looking for their kid or wife or whatever. You can do those okay. You just need the right people for it. Yeah. This was not it. Not it at all. I Actually, the games are great. They should just take some, uh, some of the cinematic cutscenes and just made that the fucking movie because (laughs) yeah i'll i will 100 agree to that yeah 100 agree to that um i was always a really big fan of the death scenes in the final destination movies but i don't care for the movies as a whole so I the, the first one most was brilliant great. thing that was ever done was you can go online and just look up the compilations of every death in those movies and just enjoy those scenes. And you don't have to watch the rest of the movie, which is ter- not good. Yeah. Those movies only exist for creative, clever stuff. And then they stopped being creative and clever when they went to five. The, there's only two of them that I actually like. One was the original because it's the original. You know, you haven't seen anything like that. That was very creative. It was good. And then the other one was the one that involved the uh, the theme park. Because that was three. Was it three? That okay. was three, yeah. Uh, and that's just because I worked in a theme park, so uh, sometimes I wish some of that stuff happened to people. <laughs> well, damn, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was very angry as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so you're... As a big gamer, what are some of the what are some of the really good horror games out there that you've played? Ooh, I mean, you gotta go with the classic Resident Evil. Uh, but I feel like Resident Evil was more hard because of the original controls. The original controls were were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was more scary than the actual fucking game. Like, wh- which way am I facing? Ah, what? Why am I going that way? Ah, and then your lack like lack of bullets. But um. <laughs> Silent Hill was another one. It's just really good. I I personally like that. And then there's one that's really obscure. It's going to sound terrible, but I promise it was probably one of the best in its genre. Um, Dino Crisis. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I know Dino Crisis. Okay. So, Dino, I love the Dino Crisis. Like, that's an series. FPS, right? Um, no, it's here. No, 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 no. That plays like, um, it's a survival horror action game and it plays just like the, um, Resident Evil franchise. Just with dinosaurs, right? Yeah. 
So uh, imagine, imagine Jurassic Park, right? Except you're in a Resident Evil type feel, and it's raptors that are hunting you, not zombies. And the reason why it's so terrifying is because it's fucking raptors that are chasing you, not slow ass walking zombies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'm sure yeah. you've played the Resident Evil games, and by far the worst things in the Resident Evil games uh, in the beginning were the fucking dogs because they run and they like get to you really quickly. <laughs> That's the whole fucking thing. Like it's it's Dino Crisis where everything is moving that fast. Which Resident Evil is the one where it literally just starts you off next to a zombie and you have to figure out the controls or you die? Is that two? Uh, that it's did two. That? It's two that, that two. did that. Yeah. If, because it's just assumed that everybody that played the first, the first time one. I remember playing that at a friend's house and I was so mad I almost broke his controller. I'm like, what <laughs> like, the fuck, dude? <laughs> fuck this game. Yeah, you, you immediately start off in the street with a car and uh, outside of a car and then there's a zombie already walking towards you. And you already have like four or five bullets so if you fuck up that's pretty much it it's game over mm-hmm. uh, i think bullshit yeah i think another thing that i really hated about those games i love those games but the thing that i really hated about those games was the save system where you needed to find ink to go to a typewriter fuck that mm-hmm. fuck that yeah or like well, i need to find an item to save yeah, autosave is an industry standard now, so. Yeah. Oh, if we want to talk about horror, it's the time before autosave when you die and you can't remember the last time you save. <laughs> and you lose two hours of progress. That moment when you died and you're like, fuck, when was the last time I saved? That That's genuine horror for me. Yeah, I'll agree to that. I think survival horror games have their place, but I think that's another genre that's starting to become overdone because everybody's trying to do something different. Uh, I have a former coworker. He's obsessed with DayZ, and he and his friends play that all the time. But from what I understand, it's still very, very buggy. Yeah, see, I don't think DayZ to me is a horror game. If I wanted to pick like a, a, a newer horror game or like a this jo- like this generation i would go with outlast okay it's it's is one if you look up at the reviews for outlast it's 10 out of 10 on steam 95% of the people love that game and it's a 90 uh, 96% on the uh, humble bumble uh, humble bundle and it's a uh, 2013 and the critics it looks like it's got 4.8 stars out of 5. It, the game is a masterpiece because it's it's true survival horror. It's um you're going in there to investigate something all you got is a camera and a flashlight basically. And while you're playing the game, I don't want to give too much of it away, but you get captured, you lose some fingers, um and you're just you're you're fighting for your life. Basically, the whole game is you have to try to escape, and that's what you're doing. You're not fighting back. <clears throat> you're just escaping, and that to me is true survival horror. Sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, it is. It, it's one thing to be in like a in a survival horror situation, 
and you're an ex you know police officer and you also have like an AK-47 with a lot of bullets versus you're just a journalist with a camera and some people are trying to kill you like you're you're going to be more scared if you're just a journalist trying to run away from people trying isn't to that, kill you isn't that part of the appeal of DayZ though is you don't have anything no so I think DayZ is kind of like they drop you in but you still find weapons and shit Gotcha. But this, you can't really fight back, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's way, like, you're pushing people off of you, right? Like, but you're not, you're not really doing anything outside of that. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. That would do it. That's, that's a good one. And then, uh, <clears throat> we have to talk about this. What kind of songs do you associate with Halloween? What are some good 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 music to get you other than like the obvious like playing actually putting on like a Halloween soundtrack, but Can we talk about Michael Jackson's Thriller? Yes, that's It is. That's the number 1. That's number a, 1. It's a cinematic masterpiece. It really is. It's so good. It's a I mean it's a fun song as it is, but then the 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 video itself that goes with it, you know, where he's on the date watching the werewolf movie. And then he's, then he's taking her out and then he turns into the zombie and they do the, the, the dance. Everybody knows the thriller dance. Yeah. It's, uh, I think they, like they, Michael Jackson. they, uh, there was a prison somewhere over in like the Philippines, I think that actually did the dance for Michael Jackson uh, when they found out that he died and stuff like that. Like, all the prisoners got together. No fighting, no nothing. They went out there and did the thriller dance. That's awesome. Right? Props to them. Yeah. Yeah, I love Michael Jackson's thriller. You know what? I I still bop out to the Monster Mash. A classic little beat, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's the I'm fun sure. side of Halloween. Um... Here's one I want you to look up if you've never heard this before. I want our listeners to check this out. Uh, are you familiar with Jonathan Colton at all? No, you know that name? No, I'm, no. Okay. Have you played the Portal games? Yes. He wrote the songs for the Portal games. Oh. Yes. Uh, Still Alive and Want You Gone are both Jonathan Colton written. So he's a good comedy songwriter. He has a song called, it's re, like R-E with the colon mark, like an email, Your Brains. Re, Your Brains. And it's a, uh, it's about a zombie office worker who's coming back to the office to eat his coworker and how much he wants to do it. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Look that up. Jonathan Colton, your brains. You'll you should be able to find it, no problem. Okay. Look that up. It is hysterical. And the thing is, it's like a very casual sounding song because it's got like the it's just got a nice little guitar riff to it. <laughs> like an acoustic guitar riff. Jonathan it's Colton, really, what was it? What was the name of the your, song? Just look, look up your brains. You should find it. You ah. should find it, no problem. Yeah. Make sure you listen to that. It's good. It's fun. Um, I like the song Halloween by the band Halloween. That's a good one to listen to. I'm not. Uh, I don't know that. You know that. 
I don't know that uh, much this about is Halloween, so. someone I kind of listened to um, around Halloween time. No, no particular reason. Well, I don't know why, but it, it just tends to happen around this time. Uh, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> well, that sounds like horror to me. <laughs> like, uh, I, just I can't listen- say that. Actually, I, actually, I don't mind her. <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of her songs around this time. And I don't know why it keeps popping up, but. Did you know she's God? What? Dogma. She oh, plays God. right, right. Lance <laughs> Morris said is God. I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I like A Nightmare on My Street from DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith. That's a really fun song. And the video is really fun to watch, too, because it's about Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, but they didn't have any of the copyrights in. So they just insinuate that it's Freddy Krueger and the guy looks nothing like Freddy Krueger, like he's blue. <laughs> Because they didn't have the copyrights to do the video. <laughs> That's always fun. You know what's yeah. fun to listen to? A little down with the sickness. Yes. But I feel like I can listen to them anytime. Well, yeah. But I just mean that's a it's a good one to put on your Halloween playlist. Oh, okay. Because I, I, uh, I thought we were talking about just something specific. No, I, this is just general stuff that, that gets gets me in the mood. I like put it, listening to the uh, the Credence Clearwater Revival cover of I Put a Spell on You. That's a really good version of that song. Probably my favorite one. That's a, that's a fun one to listen to. I put a spell on you. I uh, would night- typically just listen to Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. Yeah. But I also separate that. I'll listen to What's This as part of my Christmas playlist. Okay. Yeah. So you, I, you can separate some of that. Um, have a, here, here's one that I have on my playlist that I, I love the song and just put it on there. Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. Yes. Anything from Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. But Nightmare is good. Uh, Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Which one is that one? Number of the Beast. It's, uh, it, it starts off with the, uh, woe to you. The devil has a great number. The number is ah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Iron Maiden songs. Yeah, I, I like Iron Maiden. That's a, By the way, that's a really good documentary if you can ever find it. Um, Flight 666. They do a world tour. They do like, it's, it's like 44 dates around the world in 44 days. And they just get a big ass jumbo jet and put all their shit in it so they can just fly to all the shows and just get right back on the jet. And Bruce Dickinson, the lead singer, is actually a, a licensed pilot. So he just flies the plane. And they go to all these concerts, all these locations around the world. They literally travel the world. But it's just so funny to see Bruce Dickinson in like his his pilot uniform and his wings because he doesn't look like a rock star. He looks like a commercial airline pilot. <laughs> it's really funny to see that. <clears throat> How about a Rocky Horror Picture Show? I can't get into it. It was one of those things where it was, um, I was dating this girl at the time and there was just so much drama there and she was, that was her favorite movie. So now whenever I, uh, you have a negative association with it. Yeah. I, I just have a negative association that. with it and I can't, and I can't, which is I a shame because I hear it's really good. Um, but I'm not a big fan of musicals to begin with. And then on top of that, now I have, you know, negative association with it. I'm just like, it's not for me. I think it's a better musical than a movie personally 
Like, I, I think the soundtrack is the best part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I can listen to Disney villain songs during this time of year. Some of those can be really good. Like, especially uh, Friends on the Other Side from Princess and the Frog. Just straight up dark magic. <laughs> and Keith David, who's got one of my favorite voices in, in anything. So that's that's another one I'll put on there. Um, I think we've pretty much covered every aspect of Halloween that we can here. We talked yeah. about movies and shows. We did music. We did candy. We did costumes. We did uh, trick-or-treating. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention real quick is I want to give a shout-out to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Because to me, I always wanted to do both every year because they captured both sides of Halloween between Horror Nights and Mickey's Not-So-Scary. Horror Nights was the scary haunted houses. and for adults. Right. And Mickey was the fun side of Halloween. Great for kids. You get to wear a costume and go trick-or-treating. And I have a DIY Rick Sanchez costume that I put together for when I went down a couple years ago. I I bought a blue wig. I got a lab coat. I put on a blue dress shirt, put on khakis, and I got a portal gun from our friend Heather Quinn at the old Think Geek store. And (laughs) I was Rick uh, Sanchez. I do have one more story about actually um, not so scary Halloween. I was working at Winnie the Pooh and uh, we had, so we got smoke detectors and everything like that in all the buildings, right? But we had one of these light bulbs go out and it had this burning smell. So we called and like, and it set off an alarm uh, and nobody would have, like nobody knew that these people that showed up in firefighter outfits were actually firefighters. They all just thought, oh, those are really great costumes. <laughs> and I, I I, just wanted to share that really quick because I thought that was fucking hilarious. And just like, they show up and they're like marching into the, the queue and everything like that. And and be like, oh man, they, they look legit. They look like the real thing. And we're all like, yeah, they really do look like the real thing. They do look pretty legit, huh? Damn, what a great yeah. costume. That is crazy. Wow. All right. Oh, what? They even have water with them? That's crazy. What? No. Anyway, it ended up just being a light bulb that burned out. So, like, you know, nothing burned down or anything like that. But I, I thought it was funny. And I just wanted I to share that. Since you said not so scary, that reminded me of that. <laughs> one of my favorite moments at a not so scary was we were walking through the park and somebody was in, like, a one of those picture-perfect Jack Sparrow costumes, not the, the party Halloween one. Like, an actual, like movie type costume and looked just like him and he was taking a picture with a guy in a costume they didn't know each other a guy in a a full-on santa claus outfit and it was santa claus and jack sparrow taking pictures together and i always just i always just got a big kick out of that because how fun is that right how much freaking fun is that i'll tell everybody what my costume this year is i'm going to perfect it this year i made a gender bend harley quinn costume i call it harvey quinn I got the Harley hood and the mask. And then I have a black dress shirt that I bought at a thrift store. I ripped the sleeves off. So, but like actually ripped them off. So they got like the strings and everything hanging. Um, I got a red tie and a red vest. And then I have, uh, it's actually a pair of women's lounge pants, but you can't find anything for men with Harley on it. And you put, but it's the shaped exactly like the tights that she wears. And I got the wristbands. So I have a gender bend Harley Quinn costume I'm going to perfect this year. Harvey Quinn. I'll take some pictures of it and post it. I'm really proud of the way it came out, by the way. Oh, man. Harley, 
Harley's my absolute favorite comic book character. And I've, I'm like, there has to be a fun, I don't want to do the full, not, and I'll, I'll admit this. I'm comfortable enough to admit this. I am not opposed to doing a full on women cosplay, but I wanted to do something more clever with it. And I said, what if I gender bended it? And that was my way of doing it was having more like kind of dress clothes style associated with it. You don't want your ass hanging out. <laughs> I got, I got, I got a nice ass. I'll let it hang. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll, char- well. I'll charge. Mo- I'll charge money so y'all can look. But yeah, it. that's one way to make some cash, I guess. We're gonna call this the. Uh, I'll, I'll join the OnlyFans. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. On, on that note, I think we should yeah, wrap up. <laughs> that's how we're gonna kill the show. All right, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this awesome Halloween special. We hope that your October is now gonna be fantastic for you. You know, have fun. And I'm not against the concept of trunk or treating. I know there's like a thing where people are like, I'm against that because I don't I don't like it. Whatever. I think however your kids are going to go trick or treating, uh, let them do it. I will, of course, be giving out candy this year. I will be happily greeting all the trick or treaters at the door. And I say that sarcastically because what will actually happen is I'll get bored and my wife will do it and then she'll get mad at me. That's (laughs) that happened last year. Uh, But (laughs) I I love Halloween. Eric loves Halloween. I think this is a, it's such a fun time of year. Whatever your traditions are, get them out there. And I'll give one last quick shout out from feedback. Cause I didn't actually read this uh, comment on the show, but my coworker Courtney said that her traditions are kind of lame. Cause she doesn't really have any, but she did mention that they will, she will always take her daughter to a place called cherry crest and then visit the pumpkin patch and if you've got a kid i think that's a fun way to do it i think doing like the the pumpkin patches and the corn mazes in the fall is a lot of fun so whatever your halloween tradition is we welcome it next week on the program we're gonna do that wrestle talk crossover and i promise you guys who are not wrestling fans i will make it entertaining for you because i have to make it entertaining for eric who doesn't know that much about wrestling but we'll we'll make we'll make it fun and uh, we'll interact with you guys during the week and everything. We'll have my buddy Dan Peck on, so we'll do a little crossover promotion with Wrestle Talk. And uh, if you guys enjoy what you heard there and you do have a little bit of a wrestling fandom, you can check out that show. We might even have another guest on. I'm not sure, and I don't want to say it because I don't know if they're going to be able to commit. So I don't want to blow spots here, but Dan is definitely on board for it. And that'll be coming up next week on the program. The week after, hopefully as long as his schedule permits, we'll have my buddy Jeff Trellowitz on and we'll do another Halloween-based episode. So any feedback you have Halloween-related that you want us to talk about, if we didn't talk about it this time, or if you want us to read some more of your comments or anything, we'll do it on that episode with Jeff on board so we can uh, we can get his feedback too. And we'll also talk about the haunted mansion and the tower of terror and the old alien encounter. And we'll get into like some scary theme park stuff when we got Jeff on board. Cause uh, I think uh, I didn't want to cover that. Cause I wanted to have another Disney guy <laughs> to, to discuss that with. I think yeah. it'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so Eric, are you ready for Halloween? I'm ready for Halloween. Yes. And more importantly, I am ready for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys had a great, great morning listening to us here. And uh, I will say one last thing. 
I did get a, a cool request to get an email address for the show so people can just send comments there directly and I will read them on the show. Uh, a lot of podcasts do that. So I will get that set up this week. We'll have an official nerd table email. You can just email the show at any time and all your feedback we will discuss. And that includes the negative stuff. If you're just like, ah, oh, their voices are so annoying. Yeah, I'll read that on the air and then I will tell you to, to piss up a rope. So, <laughs> and that's okay. where you can also send your advice for Eric. Yes. Oh, that'll be, that'll be fun too. Cause then Eric won't see the advice. If I just check the email so I can read the thing to you and you'll get to react to it genuinely. Oh, yes. that'll be fun. So until next time on the nerd table, we thank you guys for sitting down with us. Have a fantastic rest of your day and have a fantastic October. We will see you guys next week. Catch you next time. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.